Watch the update required podcast live every Tuesday at 7 p.m. PST on YouTube. Let's go. <laughs> the ray tracing. <laughs> Not the ray tracing. Not the good, ray good tracing. God. <laughs> How the hell is yeah. everybody? Welcome. Welcome, Welcome to aboard. the update required podcast. How y'all doing? How y'all doing? And yes, yeah, Swordmaster is the name of a, a song by a very good metal band from beautiful Vancouver, British Columbia, Three Inches of Blood. And uh, yeah, so Swordmaster, after today's podcast, because obviously we don't want you to leave us, but I encourage you to check that song out. It's your namesake. I feel like you should have listened to it. <laughs> yeah, it's it's your it, namesake. It's, you should know they this. They wrote it about you. They wrote a metal song about you. And I just think like you owe it to them, therefore, to to listen to the song they wrote for you. <laughs> you owe it to them. You know, what's it's only funny? fair. It's only fair. It's like I just like I always assume that like if you're a gamer and you like gaming and you like like a few of the other things that we talk about, you must love metal. And then that's not true. That's not even close to being oh. true. <laughs> no, go- gosh, no, no. Many people that like gaming do not like metal. Um, but I do find that most people that like metal like gaming. So maybe that's where our assumption comes from. Mm, that could be it. Also, like, maybe it's like, yeah. is it a narcissist thing that you're just like, oh, I just, that's what I like. I, I assume that's what everyone likes. I, I do the opposite. I assume everyone doesn't like metal, even if they look like they would. Like, I'm always just, like, shocked. Or they tell me they like metal, and then I'm like, they probably just mean, like, Metallica. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but yeah. I just assume they don't mean, like, like metal like I like. Totally. And then if they're like, if they're like they name like one band that's like a little out there like oh i like the black dahlia murder i'll just be like wait what you like you like metal like i like metal yeah that's the whole thing right um but yeah it's it's i find it's it should be easy to spot us like we normally wear black everywhere totally you know what's funny (laughs) is like i had a i had a coworker, and i don't even know how it came up maybe i just dropped dave mustaine's name and he's like he's like oh dave mustaine he's a dick but i love megadeth and i was like shut the fuck up i was like and then i like said some other he's like yeah i like that band too and i'm like no you don't because like he was totally not our genre that's all i'll say not our genre and like he had been known to fuck with me so i just thought he was fucking with me and i'm like you don't i'm like you don't know what these words mean and he's just like no i know i know blah 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 and i'm like no you don't and then he started naming songs and i was like i was mind blown i was just like man don't judge a book by its cover and i was like holy shit i was like i had the best moment for that in i was maybe like 19 working in the mall and i was in a hmv which is a record store here in the frozen north or was uh and i was browsing cds and there was this chick in the metal section who was dressed very like she probably worked at like la vie and rose or something in the mall right Mm -hmm. like she was dressed very preppy she had kind of the pantsuit combo going on looked a little businessy right uh very very hot obviously uh which which helped me notice her but like she looked like she was in the wrong part of the music store right like i'm like you don't don't fucking like metal and so i looked at her and i was like oh are you are you shopping for like you know like your younger brother or your boyfriend or something like do you need help picking something up and she's like no like i like metal and i was just like taken aback and that was like that was a big eye-opener moment for 19 year old jay that like there are people that like metal that don't wear a denim vest covered in patches and i was like wait what we don't know just like wear the metal uniform uh so good for her though for like being outside of the box there's like undercover metal heads i I just love how you just like 
fucking mansplain to this sweet yeah. lady. <laughs> I was 19, okay? It was 2005. It was a different time. I never even time. heard the term mansplaining yet. That doesn't make it okay. But <laughs> I was a kid, and when you're a kid, you're a dumb idiot. So that's my excuse. It was back was when you could call kid. women broads and just like, what are you? I'm a- I'm going to let you in on a secret. You still can. You just have to do it when no one's listening. Uh, but you shouldn't is the point. Uh, What's going on? You're done, bro. Did you get lost in the Avril section? <laughs> I'm just saying I'm pretty sure if you say it like the FBI doesn't kick down your door still. But like you probably shouldn't because it is unnecessarily rude. Yeah, totally. You know, what? I think broad is like the funniest word of all time is it's, the only problem with it. Like every time someone uses it, it does pop me only because you never hear it anymore. I love uh, it. Like I'm like, I agree. My old wrestling coach, mm-hmm. uh, you know, not that I should throw him under the bus, so I won't name his name. Uh, you know, you would have to know me and the people I work with in wrestling, I guess, to pick up on that. But my old wrestling coach, uh, when I was training for a little while to, to pro wrestle, which I, I did train for for a while, um, man, he used that word like it was going out of style still. And it was just hilarious. And like he's married and has kids and stuff, but he just like thought it was the funniest word ever. And anytime we would like be getting bad service from a waitress or something, he'd just be like, like, ah, this broad over here. And, like, it would <laughs> pop us all. It would definitely pop he us all. He was right. It and is the funniest fucking word that, like... It sounds hilarious. Yeah. But, like, it... Yeah, we probably shouldn't use it. I'm trying, <laughs> to be honest with you, I'm trying to bring it back, but not in the way, like, I'm using it for hilarity because it's fucking... It's so funny. And I by no means mean it in a derogatory way where I'm just, like, I think women are beneath me. I mean it... Like, cause it's just, it's goddamn, it's I, fun to say. I think the problem is like, we have to get women on board with that because women are going to be like, you weren't a woman. So you weren't, a, a, you know, oppressed with that word. You don't get to take it back. But I do wish we could. And just as a society be like, can we just agree that we only call like Karen's broads from now on? And that it's like only when someone's being a dumb freaking idiot in public. Yeah. And then like both women and men can be like, get a look at this broad over here, but only (laughs) when they're being an idiot. You know, I just think that would be a good agreement as a society. Yeah. We call a council meeting. For me, also, like, I just, like, if if uh, someone took offense to it, I just want to be like, ah, this Brad. <laughs> and then just, like, fucking throw it right at her. Well, that was that was my wrestling coach's strategy, for sure, would have yeah. been to just abuse it more uh, in retort. Just go full um, tilt with it. You know, but we're not we're not here to discuss. Yeah, we're not here it's... to say. I do want to bring up something real quick with the whole music thing. We kind of tapped into that. So, lately... Stranger Things season four has been the big hotness. A lot of people are talking about. And with that, it has introduced a ton of people to Metallica and their album Master of Puppets in particular. And apparently there's been a lot of people like kind of gatekeeping it. And I wanted to get your take on that. And for me, just to share my opinion real quick. Like, again, like Metallica is like the vanilla Coke of metal. And it's like, I'm just happy more people are getting into metal. And it's like. Yeah, Metallica's yeah. great. Um they're su- they're already super popular, but like I'm in my hopes, I'm just like hopefully that's a gateway into like more metal for you and you get into some other bands, but I'm I think it's cool. Is 100% my take. Like when you first were like, I'd love to get your take. I was like, my first take is just like, shut up to all the people that are complaining. Cause it's exactly like, I never understood this concept. And I remember talking to a buddy of mine when I was in high school, I was like 15, he was 18. We both played guitar. And I was like, I don't get it. 
when a band gets big and then people automatically hate on them for getting big and they're mm-hmm. like oh you sold out and my buddy was like yeah i don't get it either like isn't that the whole point like to get people to listen to your music because like if you didn't want people to listen to your music you could just play in your freaking basement but you played in a band that put music out into the world. So like the point was probably to get noticed and have people listen to you. Yeah. Um, But people take this real, like they wear this proud little feather in their cap of elitism when they're like, "Mm, I liked that band before they got big and it makes them feel good. And then they feel like their little precious fandom is being ruined by these other people getting into it. Um, And I always said, it's sort of similar to when I was like, why does it matter if the kid down the street likes a video game that like you don't like playing and it doesn't affect you or if he plays like a different console than you but like why does it affect you if more kids play the same console or if more kids play the same band it's the same thing where it shouldn't affect your experience with that art like the art is the art and you either like it or don't like it and it shouldn't affect your opinion whether they have 20 fans or 20 billion fans yeah and yeah like i'm always happy to get people into metal as a genre totally uh, because as popular as it is it is still niche compared to lots of other more popular genres in the world and so yeah when people get exposed to that especially i think the younger generation and those are the main people like everyone in our generation knows who metallica is yeah the main people discovering that album from stranger things is like generation z and to gatekeep generation z from metal is like the dumbest thing i've ever heard in my life i'm like do you just not want there to be metal fans after you're dead are you just hoping the whole genre dies with you and your generation because that's stupid and one of the cool things about seeing those legacy bands like megadeth metallica black sabbath is that you see people of all ages at those concerts and you see people with like their little six-year-old kid up on their shoulders and you see the old dudes with the gray beards and like their denim vest from the 80s that they're still rocking and everybody in between and everybody's enjoying that music together same as a paul mccartney concert or whatever right like good music spans generations so i just think yeah gatekeeping in general in any genre i think is awful but terribly enough i think the two genres that i've been statistically most in love with throughout my life are both filled with gatekeepers and it's like metal and hip-hop and they're both really terrible for that for like complaining that things aren't metal enough or aren't hip-hop enough or that people aren't keeping it real uh and yeah man metallica for the record has the same take on this that we do like they made a post being like all you gatekeepers should shut the hell up and obviously they do because they want to sell music yeah uh they get how this whole thing works metallica like, the aging fans are gonna die eventually we gotta nurture this new crop but 100 but yeah like it's yeah there's the people that like just like take an identity way too far and yeah. they just like they just associate themselves with a product or with a thing and they just like that is their entire identity and they feel like anyone who goes against what they say or doesn't quite say it the same way as them is somehow diluting said product or opinion yeah. or like whatever. And that's like, you gotta 100%. let it go. And then for a lot of people too, it's just like, and also Metallica hasn't been not mainstream for like fucking forever for like oh, yeah. 30 years. So like, and it's like before the black album, like and justice for all was mainstream, right? Like that tour was massive. So, yeah, I don't know. I totally agree. Uh, but Cosmo, thank you for always uh, <laughs> encouraging us to hydrate. It is important, guys, for everyone watching and or listening at home. 
take a little swig of water or you know whatever you have close to you because that well, probably contains, contains the chat water. always has the op fucking strats for games like use the attack button or don't get hit or use the dodge button uh, or drink water because when you drink water you know your brain is 90 percent water guys you're gonna do <laughs> better at video games 90 if you drink water, water right oh, yeah. think about it think, think about, about it. it think about it everybody think about uh, it man let's get into this moving on i have we have a special surprise for everybody i know it feels like lately we've got all these surprises there's but been it's a just, lot of surprises there has been a lot of surprises i hope you guys really the dodge bot button is 100 percent water i agree um so yeah today's surprise is actually um i don't know if this is going to be a segment maybe it'll be but it's uh surprises for jay so oh, whoa, uh whoa, whoa. i decided to <laughs> to just Buy some shit off Amazon, a a piece, a thing, and what I'm not even here. that Jay Retro has package. in front of us right now, and I instructed him specifically: do not open until the next podcast. It, it's a mystery envelope. So Jay Retro, do us all a solid and open it right now, and let us know what wow. it is. Wow, that was easier than I thought. There's no gift wrapping for the record. They did not gift wrap this product. As per your instruction, Amazon, they included instead a paper remote and they were like, you know what? We don't give wrap shit, but we have a a Blu-ray copy. Nice. Of Batman versus Superman Dawn of Justice Ultimate Edition. Now, for the record, I've made this argument numerous times, and this is probably why Jimmy bought me the good edition of this movie. Is that the good one? Um, Yes. Oh this my god, I thought one. this was not the good one. That was the point. He, he was like, I'm gonna buy him the shitty version. Well, you fucked up and I got a good movie instead. Because the <laughs> non-ultimate edition of this movie, like the one that they released in theaters, was, in my opinion, hot trash. And uh like it entirely changes the rating. So when you watch the theatrical one, it's like a PG movie in Canada, and when you watch this one, it's a 14A movie, and it's like about 45 minutes longer. So it's not like they cut a small amount of film out in the theatrical version. You miss about a third of the goddamn plot. And so to me, I think that's a huge reason that so many people hated this movie. I think the theatrical version just like rushes the story and you don't understand why half the shit's happening because they cut 45 minutes of plot out of the movie. Uh, But I only ever originally watched the Ultimate Edition because I waited till it came out on Blu-ray before I ever watched the film. So I just watched the good version from the start. And I was like, I liked that movie. I don't know why everybody hates it so much. And then I did some reading on uh, the differences. So similar to the Snyder Cut of Justice League, the Ultimate Edition here is essentially the Snyder Cut of Batman versus Superman. And I think this is a very worthy film. I think if you just watch Snyder's trilogy, I don't think they're perfect by any means shape or forms and i'm for the record not one of the restore the snyderverse bots like i don't give a shit it's fine that it's over but i do think that if you just watch his three movies that they at least don't suck hot ass which uh they kind of do when you watch the ones that the studio made him release except for man of steel where they just didn't interfere at all and it was perfect from the start because man <laughs> of steel is the best movie ever that's not true, but it's a really good movie. Thank you. I appreciate this. Even though you didn't mean to give me a gift that I actually liked. <laughs> I appreciate it that was, that's how it played out. I'll just say this. Surprises it was, for you, Day. I think it was like the same price, if not less, than Shadows of the Empire on CD keys. And then, 
<laughs> so I was like, this must be the, the shit version that no one wants to watch. Well, it just shows the demand for that movie overall, because I think so many people only ever watch the shitty version that they never gave the director's cut version a chance. And then it just, yeah, I think it would have done much better if they just put this out to begin with. But, you know, studios. It's Superman 2 all over again, guys. That's what's happening. Maybe this will be the gag that I try to buy you a thing you won't like, but it ends up being a thing you like. Yeah, there you go. I like it. Damn. You got me again, Jay Retro. Not, well, but next time. <laughs> I see the positive in most things, too. So, like, for the most part, even if you give me a shitty movie, I'll probably just be happy to have another movie on Blu-ray because, like, <laughs> I don't know. I like shitty movies sometimes. Sometimes I watch shitty movies on purpose. Like every Me now too. and then now I actually go back and watch Batman and Robin just to laugh <laughs> at how goddamn terrible it is because it's awful. There's nothing redeemable about it. But like that doesn't make it not entertaining. Yeah, you know? totally. All right. Let's get into some news topics here. So uh, we're going to go into this real quick. Uh, the first thing that we're going to bring up. So this is the thing that Jay Retro wanted to talk about last week, but we didn't get to it because I probably cut him off. Um, so Skate Studio releases statements about leaked build. So for those of you who don't know, uh, Skate is a really popular game. Um, and a, a, a new build of it, there was a like a leaked set of videos of gameplay, but it was unfinished gameplay. And people were like really speculating where the game was going to go. Uh, and the studio basically confirmed that, yes, it was legit leaked gameplay. And that build was from back in September 2021. Uh, Jay Retro, what did you want to bring up about Skate? And then how do you feel the development's going for that game so far? For sure. Uh, for, for first, I should probably lay some, uh, some back history there, guys, that just like skateboarding, big part of my life, uh, in my youth, skateboarded really heavily in high school for a really long time. And so the original EA Skate series, I was like the biggest freaking skate fanboy absolutely loved uh the first two games played the hell out of them really heavily didn't play the third one as much i felt like the third one got more kind of tony hockey got a little bit more unrealistic and zany in the level of tricks you could do whereas the first couple games i liked that they felt very grounded i for a while was streaming uh skater xl on twitch which is another kind of newer skate simulation game uh, and similar to Skate, it's all kind of analog stick controlled, but Skater XL like separates it so that each stick is one of your feet, whereas Skate, it was always kind of just on the right analog stick. I was super excited when Skate 4 got announced. I do think that they kind of capitalized on the fact that like Skater XL and there's another independent game on Xbox called Session both kind of popped off and we're getting a lot of attention on YouTube and Twitch around that time. And so I thought it was like definitely not a coincidence that EA was like, okay, skateboard, like around the time that skate games were getting noticed because of other developers pushing them again. So I was a bit angry that they didn't just solve this earlier, which they could have done for forever. There was also like the giant campaign on Twitter for a really long time of like hashtag skate Four, right? And people just bombarding EA about skate Four is just one of those things where there was like the Snyder cut. There was just a lot of fan demand for it. So at the end of the day, I'm really happy to see skate Four in development at all. Uh, I'm not surprised to find out that the leaked footage was almost an entire year old because when you look at it, it was pretty developmental. Mm -hmm. um, but even when you look at that trailer that they released recently that was like, we're still working on it, 
everything they show in that trailer is still like stick models and stuff basically right like they haven't even textured the environments or the characters and stuff yet so i still think we're at least a full year away from playing skate 4 um but they are apparently the one thing that this article really like piqued my interest is you can go to like the skate website and sign up where they're going to start inviting people in in waves to play test the game basically just by oh, nice. signing up. So if you have any interest in skateboard or if you played the original games when you were younger or if you just want to try the series out now, that's something you can do. Go to ea.skate.com, I think it is. It's something like that and you can sign up to participate in uh the the play trials as they come out, but I'm really my main thing with skateboard. What I want to know is are they going to, because Skater XL and Session, the two newer independent skate games, both did the same thing where they were like, okay, the obvious evolution of control is to do two analog sticks and to have each one represent one of your feet while skateboarding. Will skate go that route or will they stick to their try tested and true one analog to to flick your board and one to just skate around with, which is a little bit more old school. And it's funny because those controls felt revolutionary as hell when I first played them because you were used to like Tony Hawk where you press buttons for every move. Right. So just having it on an analog stick at all, I was like, whoa, this is way more like skateboarding. But now having spent a bunch of time with Skater XL, I can testify that that is way more like actual skateboarding as far as being a true simulation. Um, Session has both. So Session has like something, I think it's called legacy controls and they're basically skate controls. So Mm. it's funny that they're they're called legacy controls even though it's the first Session game, right? But the game by default gives you the more Skater XL two analog stick setup but if you want you can play it kind of skate style i'd really like to see ea do something like that here so that those of us that are a little more into like the simulation of skateboarding style can can get into that really deep but it will still be accessible in the way that the original skate series was right where it was a little bit more pick up and play for those that would like it to be so i always find that interesting when uh companies kind of refuse to adopt new innovations into their own game that have clearly worked out well in other games. Maybe like there's a patent issue, but like if it's in other games and it's like, they're the only one that doesn't have it. It's like at that point, like, are you just on purposely ignoring your fans or ignoring what the people want? So yeah, hopefully they do incorporate that. I'm always a fan of innovate innervation. Um, that's true, Volkazmi. You can always go outside and actually skateboard, kids. Don't forget that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I would like to point out that I ruined numerously more pairs of jeans and hurt myself numerously more times actually skateboarding than I ever did playing skateboarding video games. And frankly, I'm just better at skateboarding video games. So although I do endorse you getting exercise, sometimes it's just fun to feel like you're really good at something. That's why I still play NBA, even though I could go shoot a basketball, etc. <laughs> yeah, I don't I clearly don't have the tan of someone who plays sports. So I'm <laughs> like, I'm happy for you to do that. Uh, I want to get into this next topic here. I'm going to go into it early because I just want to get it over with in case anyone's coming here or just like saw the title of today's stream. Get it and over with. Just wanted to hear my hot take on this. And I don't think it's that hot. So <laughs> if you follow me on Twitter at Fornitron, I put up the following post and I thought I was very clear my intentions 
and I chose my words very carefully. So I put, I have, because a lot of people are talking about the controversy of The Last of Us Remake Part 1 costing $70. So I just put, I have zero issue with The Last of Us Part 1 costing $70. It's a next-gen gem game. Go for it. Full send. Charge the $70. Naughty Dog 100% has the right to do so. But don't kid yourself, this game is a cash grab to monetize on the HBO series as much as they can. And then I also followed that up with, if you are a Last of Us fan and can look in the mirror and say to yourself, I wanted a remake of this game, then sweet, you are getting what you want. Fist bump. For the people who don't want this or don't think it should be $70, don't buy it. And... One of the first responses I get from somebody, let's go down here. They were like, it's, it isn't a cash grab. You think they put no effort on remaking this game. And it's like, that's not what I said. I didn't, not, not, not in the least. I didn't, I didn't say that at all. Like, did I mention anything about the effort or the amount of work that they put in this game? Again, I said, it's worth the $70. It's a next-gen game. It's like, I know they worked hard on it. That doesn't not make it a cash grab. And then a lot of people were like, that's not what a cash grab is. A cash grab implies that they didn't put any effort into it. Da, 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 da. And I was like, on contraire, mon frere, if you mm -hmm. go to the grand old Google and you look up cash grab definition... Thank you. I was about to say, I've never thought of the term cash grab as implying a lack of effort. It in turns that you're only doing what you're doing for money is what it means. Yes. Like it doesn't, what the hell does that have to do with how much effort you put in? It means <laughs> that money was your motivation, right? Like Exactly. Exactly. CJ Retro gets it. Maybe it's a Canadian thing. I don't know. <laughs> but so <laughs> if you if you with your wacky booger picking fingers, everybody Go on the Googles, and then if you look up cash grab definition, you will be first first result. It's right at the top. It says cash grab, plural, cash grabs, <laughs> derogatory. A product designed primarily or solely with the intent of generating profits or money, which is exactly what The Last of Us Remake Part 1 is. And again, you could probably argue, aren't all games a cash grab? Yes. Yes, they are. Like, I think like we all would agree that when you release a game, you have the idea of profits coming in. You want to do all business is a cash grab, right? Exactly. Like, the only reason anybody sells any product is to make money. But I do. You think like the motivation, like when you're talking about something that's artistic, like video games, some things are more of a cash grab than others, right? Correct. Like some of those projects mean something to the people working on them. Again, yeah. I concur. Like very good point. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So CJ Retro gets it. So, and I know, see, that's, that's what gives me faith is I know that like when I can verify that I'm not a crazy person by talking to sane people like you in the chat and the audience and J Retro, and then these people with these wild accusations come through and you're just like, are you reading what I'm saying? Are you just ignoring it? And then just like focusing on certain words, like what's happening? Is it a mental state? I don't know what's going on. Um, but the main point that I'm making is that Naughty Dog chose to pause development, completely put development on hold for The Last of Us Part 2's multiplayer, 
which they separated mm-hmm. from that game to focus on releasing that game on time. And like it, like it or, or like like it or hate it, it was a good game. It looked great, and I heard a lot of good things about it. But I, it's not my demographic. <laughs> but they they separated that piece from it, and they were like, "We have to do this to be able to release this game on time." Cool, fair. You did that. That was over two years ago now. And when we just had, was it the Sony state of play? Whenever we had that state of play and they kind of brought us up to speed where they're at with that game and all they had was concept art. And it's like, what have you been doing for two years? So clearly the decision was made. Hey, we made this partnership with HBO. We're going to release a TV series on our product, The Last of Us Part One. What we're worried about is if the show becomes successful and we have new audience members that want to play the game, will they get confused that the game is back on the PS4 and it's not on the latest console or the newest game is part two of the series? And then they were like, oh, I don't think so. But it's like, should we just remake the first game for the current console so it's released in the same timeline as the show to maximize profits? This is all speculation. I was not in the boardroom for this. Bryce did not send me the transcripts, but this was a decision that was made to maximize profit from their TV show that they're releasing in early 2023. So the fact that they made the decision to pause the more recent game that they were going to make and promised to make to make this remake is a cash grab. They did not make that decision because they felt that there is things that they didn't get to tell the original story in the PS4 version or the remaster or the part of me, the PS3 version or the remaster. Therefore, I would say this is a cash grab. Does everybody agree or disagree? I want to chime in a little for sure. I think that like one thing that is worth noting, and I'm glad that you touched on that near the end there, is that this is the second remake slash remaster of the game right Mm -hmm. so we've had a remaster and now a remake when i bought my ps4 it was bundled with the last of us remastered which by the way i still haven't finished and it's funny Swordmaster, because i am the last of us target audience because i a love the uncharted games and b love everything to do with zombies but for whatever reason I always quit that game like two hours into it. I'm like, I when the, the remake came out here, I was like, God damn it, I'm going to go back and I'm going to finally finish the game that came with my PS4 because mm-hmm. I should. So I'm going to play the remastered one at least. But I think like what this touches on for me is that saying that this isn't a cash grab and albeit this is only the second re-release now in whether you're talking remasters or remakes, right? It's the third time they've released the game overall. Yeah. Uh, telling me this is not a cash grab is like telling me having 7,000 re-releases of Skyrim isn't a cash grab or telling yeah. me that the recent re-release of Grand Theft Auto V again wasn't a cash grab. Mm-hmm. Anytime you're talking about continuously taking an old product that you have kicking around, polishing it up and re-releasing releasing it yes it is primarily a cash grab you're selling stuff to people based on their nostalgia but like i buy cash grabs guys i have seven different mini consoles like the snes classic is a cash grab the genesis mini is a cash grab and i buy those so but i know what i'm getting myself into i can enjoy a product while still acknowledging that its primary purpose was to make money based on the fact that they know that i miss my childhood and my job is 
boring and I wish that I was still just eating freezies and sitting cross-legged on the carpet playing Freezies. Genesis or whatever. <laughs> and they're like, here you go, Jay. Uh, remember when Crystal Pepsi and Genesis were cool? And yeah, so like that's the same reason I have a bunch of Crystal Pepsi in my fridge right now, guys, because you can cash grab me on things like that. And I know I know it's a cash grab, but I still want it. OK, so you don't have to go on Twitter and be like, mm, it's not a cash grab just because you like the game. You're allowed to enjoy the remake and still be realistic enough to acknowledge that it exists to make money off the fact that you enjoyed the original game. And while still totally acknowledging that a remake does take more effort than a remaster. That's true, right? They redid all these textures. They rebuilt the thing from the ground up. But you know what it takes less work than? Designing a new fucking game. Because yes. if you design a new game, you have to actually write a new story yeah. and write interesting characters and design levels and design enemies and design weapons. And you don't have to do any of that shit here. You just have to make it all look better. So, like, once again, that doesn't mean they put zero effort in. I'm just being realistic that on a scale of effort, there would be, like, new game, remake, remaster, just releasing the thing without remastering it, yeah. right? In that order. Uh, so, yeah, they, they took an option here where they definitely put in more effort than the PS4 edition, which was literally just, like, upscaling the resolution and shit. Yeah. Um, but it's still, you can't tell me that this took as much effort as even finishing the multiplayer for part two would have taken them, which at least that's, they're working on a new thing, and they actually have to design it from the ground up. I also want to touch back to Wara's earlier comment, which I thought was hilarious. <laughs> and the comment uh, what is it record, not it was, hilarious <laughs> for those of you that did not catch it the exact co comment that i'm re referencing is if you tell them that effort could have gone into finishing factions too they will reply with they were different teams which is hilarious because when you look at what's going on right now with rockstar they literally just apparently rumors allegedly allegedly yeah. Uh, took the teams that were working on the Grand Theft Auto 4 remaster and the alleged Red Dead Redemption 2 remaster or Red, Red Dead Redemption 1 remaster, sorry, and were like, you know what? Cut it out. Every Everyone works on Grand Theft Auto 6 now until we get it out because it's everyone's bitching that all we do is remaster games and the trilogy did really poorly and maybe we should just actually release a new product. So to be like, oh, they're different teams kind of ignores the fact that you could still tell those two different teams to just work on the same thing, which is like yeah. the dumbest excuse I've ever heard a company just make because for anything. they're different teams working on different yeah. projects doesn't mean they're not all programmers or they're not all devs or they're not all in one area. And there's allocation of resources, everybody. So yeah. if like there's two different teams and it's like, hey, you know what? Like, let's just allocate 80% of the resources to the new game and 20% to the remake. And it's like, there you go. And it's like, that's that's all we're saying. And thank you. That was such a good uh, reply to my rant. And I was just like, preach the whole time when you're speaking there. And it kind of rolls back to what we're talking about in the beginning of this podcast. Funny how that happens. And it's like, us saying that this game was a fucking cash grab, because it is, does not dilute the original product or your enjoyment of it. So us, or like you looking at yourself in the mirror, that's why I made that statement. If you can look at yourself and say this without like losing all respect for yourself as a person and say they met like I wanted this product more than the new game, 
Cool. Live in your delusional life. That's great. Or, or equally to the new game or whatever yeah. it is, or this is good enough for me, right? Like <laughs> yeah. you can take all of those stances while still acknowledging that this was less work than putting out a new project. Yeah. It's just yeah. like you could just like exactly and then I think we should make merch for that. Uh uh you could cash grab me on that. Um it's yeah. just like yeah, it's <laughs> We got to make some of these fucking shirts that we keep saying. Not, like, not the race racing. Yeah. yeah and you, then, can, you can cash grab me on that. Yeah, you can yeah. cash grab me on that. It's just like, hey, that's not what I was expecting, but cool. I would love to play that game in a remastered version. You can cash like, grab me on that. It's like Sega right now was like, hey, I know that everybody just keeps talking about wanting uh, a Dreamcast Mini. Uh, we can't figure it out. It's too hard. Uh, we're going to do a Genesis Mini, but we're going to add Sega CD games this time. So it's a, it's the second Genesis Mini, but now it has Sega CD games. And you know what my response was? I was like, yeah, you can cash grab me on that. <laughs> I'll, I'll buy a second one of those $80 pieces of plastic. Yeah, sure. Fine. Sega CD games. Let's go. Boom. Let's go. Let's go. If anyone is a graphic designer, please hit us up so we can make these t-shirts fucking ASAP or I'm going to draw stick figures for this. Uh, Cool. (laughs) Enough said. I think we nailed that one on the head. If anyone like it's it's really funny. Just like, again, these people who really take that identity to heart and feel like we're harming PlayStation or Sony's image by saying these things. We're not. We're not. Naughty Dog aren't your friends. They don't care about you. It's a product, okay? Um, let's move into the... Speaking of products, which I'm surprised... Cuphead, the delicious last course, has sold 1 million units since launch. And my response to that is, congratulations. That's a pretty big milestone for a franchise which I didn't even think of it was that big. Like, I know being a Souls player... I was telling Jay Retro this earlier before we went live. Like, I know as a Souls player, a lot of people tell me to play this game. But I've just been like, it looks cool. It just hasn't really been like something I've been like, ooh, I must play that. But I'm I'm shocked that a million people decided to pick that up. And I think that's really rad for a small developer like that. Absolutely. Like when I first saw the trailer for this, I actually thought it was a second game. And then I was surprised to find out it was DLC. Um, but yeah, like Cuphead's one of those games where I've had numerous people tell me to play it as well. And because like, although like, it's funny, like we get told to play this game for different reasons you get told to play it because it's super hard and you're a souls guy and i get told to play it because i'm a retro guy and i like things that are 2d and stuff still so a lot of people have told me to play it as just one of the better retro themed games that has come Mm. out in quite a long time right um it's something i do think i'll still pick up at some point because i'm sure it's one of those games that at some point i'm gonna see for like five dollars on steam or something and i'm sure i will play it at some point um and yeah like mainly even though it's a game that i have no personal experience with i'm always proud to see indie developers achieve big numbers like this right so it's just cool to see you know like the little engine that could cuphead over here uh continue to do numbers it's interesting because this is dlc so like if a million people purchase the dlc i would guess that more than a million people purchase the original game right like significantly more um so yeah that's that's a crazy level of retention because it took them like they were saying that it took quite a while to get this DLC to come out. 
So the fact that it took that long and you still had a million people that were like, it's out now, boom, pull the trigger, really says something about the lasting impression that game left on them. Totally, I agree. And it's funny, Swordmaster in the comments here just wrote, uh, weird how people associate Cuphead with Dark Souls. And I agree. I do agree that that term Souls-like is just used so frivolously. And then they associate any game with any level of difficulty. They're like, oh, it's a Souls-like. Or if you like like hard games, you would like this. But... Well, it's I like we talked about uh, Metroidvanias, right? Yeah. Where I was just like, that, or, that term just gets abused now, where I'm like, if it's 2D and it has some platforming and action elements, it is automatically a Metroidvania. And I'm like, we just used to call them action platformers. It was a whole genre that already existed. And at some point, the entire gaming press just really got like a giant literary boner for the term Metroidvania. And it's the same with Souls-like, right? Yeah. Like, it just gets tossed around. I caught myself and now I catch myself and go like 2D action platformer instead of Metroidvania because like there's just too many now because there's Metroidvanias, but now there's like, uh, what's it called? Hollow Knight. And there's like, there's a bunch now. And it's just like, well, and some of them are legitimately Metroid Castlevania style games. Like it was a useful term until it started getting applied to every single game that was barely involved in that style of gameplay. Right. Yeah. And like, yeah, I think if we if you narrowed it down more, it was a good term because it did like explain exactly what it meant. But then it just I don't know, the definition got broader and broader until it was just like every 2D action game. I love Volcosma. People told me to play it because I'm poor and it went on sale at one time. Ah, wow. Well, that's a great reason to play games, too. Uh, that sounds like some fucking discrimination. A good value is how you say that, guys. Yeah. Uh, you don't have to call your friends out on being poor. Uh, you can just tell them, hey, man, I think this one's a good value purchase over here. Like, <laughs> I you think get a lot of a... enjoyment out of this for the dollars you'll have to invest. Agreed. Uh, this next bit of news here, and I thought it was funny, is uh, Doom 2016 canceled Doom 4 gameplay footage released for preservation. Uh, so what happened here, everybody, is some footage got released of essentially what was going to be Doom 4 before it eventually became Doom 2016. And uh, here's some footage of it here playing in the background mixed with some Doom 2016 footage. But it's interesting to see kind of like the initial take that they had on the game and where they were going to take it, especially coming from off of Doom 3. And I know that development was kind of like they didn't know where they wanted to go with it. They just wanted it if like and they were worried about copying like other first person shooters and things like that. Let's get rid of this dude talking. But um, yeah, like you see here. A lot of the assets look very similar, but like you can see like some of the gameplay mechanics are quite a bit different here. But it's just interesting to see like where a game comes from and then where it ends up. And it's like some of the concepts that kind of get scrapped or yeah, like it, what, what what were your thoughts on this, Jay Retro, when you looked at some of this footage here? I think like the like I said earlier, I think the first 45 seconds to a minute or so of footage that they show, we were talking about it uh, a little bit earlier for the record when I say I said it earlier, I just mean to Jimmy here. Uh, but yeah, I thought that the beginning of this looked pretty interesting because you see a bit more of what was going to be Doom 4. And then as you get further into it, they talk about how they're mainly just showing you like what was eventually Doom 2016. Uh, this level I find interesting because it's like out in a street in the daytime. So I think like this implies that Doom 4 would have been on Earth, right? 
Um, I like the idea of having sort of, uh, you know, the, the fight end up on Earth, right? It was similar to like when Halo first kind of brought the fight to Earth. That was like a refreshing environment to have to fight aliens in all of a sudden because you were used to being up on the Halo or in spaceships. Um, I think that would be cool to see a Doom where you spend a little bit less time like in the hellscape, so to speak. Um because it's normally either you're in hell or you're in like a space station that got infected by hell or whatever. I just like the idea of it kind of coming home and being on Earth. I also think that all of the gameplay footage that I see here, although there's not a ton of it, uh, is missing the one thing that I didn't like about the newer Doom games, which was really stupid sections with platforming. Because I just never want platforming in a first person game ever, for ever, for always. Uh, it always just frustrates me. I think it's super stupid. Uh, and I just want to be running around and shooting things. Like, I didn't I didn't come to Doom to jump from platform to platform. If I wanted Agreed. to do that, I'd be playing Sonic the Hedgehog. You know, If like, I wanted to do already... that, I'd be playing a Metroidvania. There you go, right? <laughs> like, there's there are already more than enough game where platforming is done really well. And I understand, like, I think their original reason for putting it in Doom 2016, and I think it was done more tastefully in Doom 2016. It got really overdone in Doom Eternal. It never gave me the super rage in 2016, but I still didn't like it being there. But I understood that they're just trying to break up all the fighting. Yeah, that they're just trying to find something to do during the moments where the game's a little less fast paced. And I'm like, man, just tell the story more then. have me like investigate creepy areas and investigate what happened there and how it all went down or, you know, have to find the key card for the blah, blah, blah. But I think there's a lot of other ways that other games have done very successfully of pacing first person shooter combat without the solution being to play first person Mario Brothers for a while in yeah. between the shooting, right? So I think I liked that Doom 4 looked like it really had none of that, at least from the very brief glimpse that we looked at it. It if anything, I walked away from this being like, God, I wish I could just like see what that game would have looked like finished. Like I do wonder what my opinion of a finished Doom 4 would have been. Yeah, like, I think what happens with a lot of these games, especially I, like, from my pedestrian view uh, in the shooter genre, is, like, you've got somebody that's on some community board or whatever that comes into the process and goes, are people going to get bored of just shooting things, though? Should we break up that gameplay mechanic with another gameplay mechanic? And it's like... No, like I could see where you're coming from. And it's like, yeah, maybe that might get monotonous to some people. But as long as you like, like work out your pacing in the right way, you should be fine with just like you're going through the level shooting things. But like have a stealth mission or two, right? Like the newest, well, not the newest, the second newest Call of Duty had a, a really great stealth mission in it in Black Ops Cold War that got really well reviewed by everyone where they were like, yeah, they made that mission feel tense and it was like a cool pacing element that there was a mission where I had to like sneak around a base instead of just killing everything. Uh, yeah. I just think there's a million ways of doing it. Yeah. Like I just think that's the worst when they're like, I think the player base will get bored of shooting demons with rad metal music in the background. You know what we should do? We should put in some platforming that makes almost no sense in this type of game because we know how to do these mechanics where we can dash and like jump from thing to thing. And it's like, that is the worst fucking idea. And I know 
some developers or level designers want to add like verticality to their levels. And then maybe that's why they'll put in moments like that. But you don't need fucking like, like I, the grapple hook was cool for a couple games, but you don't need that in every single game. You don't need to be like jump dashing and like grabbing on the ledges back and forth. Get rid of that fucking shit. Like you can just like go up steps. You could go down up and down ladders and like you can add that verticality without those stupid mechanics that nobody likes. That's what I was going to say. Like ladders, ledges that you can jump up to easily, elevators. There's a million different gravity lifts in Halo. There's all these different ways of adding uh, elements to the level that work. Halo uh, Infinite, I was glad that it had the grappling hook. I thought it worked really well for that game, but I entirely agree that not every game needs to do that. It makes me think of like when I first played Call of Duty Advanced Warfare, and I, w- I remember talking to my buddy and being like, yeah, I just don't like that there's all these like like jump jets and super boosts and bullshit. I was like, it's Call of Duty. I just want to like crouch around a corner and shoot someone with a rifle. And he's like, oh, but you like Halo. And I was like, yeah, but Halo's already Halo. Like I don't yeah. need Call of Duty to be Halo. So I don't like when gameplay gets homogenized in genres in general. And I think that, yeah, like definitely this this platformy stuff became a bit of a trend there for a bit. Hopefully we totally. can get back off of it. Yeah, like, I agree Halo did the grapple hook, but I could definitely tell by playing it. I'm like, they put a lot of time into this, and they made sure it worked right. Whereas when you played a game like Ghost of Tsushima, and they fucking throw in their grapple hook, and it sucked shit. And, like, it, like, introduced it, and then, like, the level after that had areas where you could grapple hook, and then, like, almost nowhere else you could grapple hook. I was like, well, what was the point of that? Did someone, like, walk in the boardroom one day and was like, we need a grapple hook. And it's like, oh, all right, we'll put in a grapple hook somewhere. But uh, cool. Moving on, before we get into our next subject, I do want to play some What Would You Rather. Uh, so I got a What Would You Rather ready here. Is everyone ready for the f- most favorite segment of all? Drop in. <laughs> in. One second. Uh, for those of you listening, Warwana in the chat uh, mentions pacing to me quite often because it is something that I bitch about quite a bit. Got the crystal, and we're ready. We're ready for. Jay Retro found a vendor that was selling Crystal Pepsi and bought the whole shelf of it for a limited time. Pretty much. So I actually just went back there yesterday. There was only ten bottles on the shelf, and I bought six of them. And I almost bought all ten. So I like. Oh, it was one of those things I was You're like, just like, I just couldn't I... carry all that. It was pretty much that. It was literally, I just didn't want to carry 10 bottles of pop home. And I was just like, oh, those four are probably going to be gone when I come back. Yeah. <laughs> I, re- I really fiend for this stuff, guys. There was like literally two or three months ago, I was talking to a friend and I was like, I would kill somebody for Crystal Pepsi right now. <laughs> it's been like four years at least since the last time they released it. And when it when I made a post about it coming back again this time, my buddy Dave, who also really loves Crystal Pepsi, shared with me the Facebook memory. And it was, in fact, four years and three months ago to the date was like the last time they put it out. And it was crazy because it just I was like, mm, it's that time of year when they've done it. <laughs> like something in my, you know, my spider senses were tingling. It's that time of year. It's the pro- it's it's season appropriate. <laughs> yeah. It's a summer beverage. So Warawana, for those that don't know what I'm going on and on about, Crystal Pepsi was a uh, relatively short-lived product that existed primarily in the 1990s, which was made by Pepsi, obviously. And it is a clear 
Pepsi Cola. So it still tastes like cola. Like it doesn't taste like a Sprite or a Seven Up or some shit. It it tastes like cola, but it doesn't quite. Like it does taste different. So it's not just that it tastes like Pepsi and, and it's clear and that's the only difference. People always try to be, ask me and they're like, what does it taste like? So other than nostalgia, because it tastes like my goddamn childhood, because I drank this shit all the time while it actually existed in the 90s. It was like the primary pop I drank. Um, but what it actually tastes like, the best way I could describe it, is it's like Pepsi, but smoother and somehow more refreshing. It's like lighter in some way. I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's that caramel coloring that's weighing everything down. But somehow if I drink like a whole bottle of this, I don't feel as gross as when I drink a whole bottle of normal Pepsi. Like it somehow <laughs> just tastes like even better. And then I don't feel like as much of a piece of shit afterwards. And like, who knows? Maybe scientifically it's just as bad for me. But the point is I don't feel as bad. Pepsi, if you want to reach out to the Update Required podcast and talk about potential sponsorships, uh, you can hit us up at the update required official at gmail.com. Uh, we have just sold everybody in the chat. And they are now uh, just piping ready for some Crystal Pepsi. Right, uh, yeah. I'm just here to get you guys involved in Sega Genesis and Crystal Pepsi. That's really <laughs> all I want everybody to experience because it sure made me happy. Uh, let's let's do some what would you rather. All right. Let's let's do let's, let's get into some, some what would you rather, everybody? So I can't even remember the order of these. So what would you rather? Oh, here we go. The Stranger Things series or the boys? For me, I've never watched the boys. So oh, I can't wow. weigh in. I can't weigh in. I would say personally for me, like I like Stranger Things season one. Stranger Things season two was not that great for me. Season three was a little bit better and I haven't watched season four. I kind of just like, I was like over it. That I will at least weigh in on. That for me, I thought season one was amazing. Season two was, eh, it was still pretty good. Season three was awful. In my opinion, season three is the worst season of Stranger Things. All they do is hang out in the mall eating goddamn ice cream and having a good time. Nothing scary happens until like the last two episodes of the show. I don't watch Stranger Things to just watch teenagers have a fun time at the mall. Okay. (laughs) Jay Retro is against teenagers having fun. No, I'm not. I just want my fun balanced with fear, right? Like, it's like, that's what any good teen horror movie does. Teenagers having fun, and then someone dies. And then there's teenagers having fun because they're oblivious to the fact people are dying, and someone dies again, or whatever. And the original one, like, I'm a big Stephen King guy. He's my favorite author. Stranger Things was originally written as a tribute to Stephen King. Yeah. And I felt that the first series, when I watched it, like I binged it in like one day when it came out, I was like, this is the best thing that Stephen King never wrote. And the third one, I was like, eh, this is like Stephen King, but it's like, stand by me. Like, I was, that's not the Stephen King I love. I want the creepy Stephen King. So that's my thing. I just think it, would, it got unbalanced. I think season four has been much better. I'm not done it yet, although most of everything in the last couple episodes has been spoiled for me because internet. Um, but yeah, I've really enjoyed season four, and I thought it was a really good return to form. I would say it's the best season since the first one. Hmm. Maybe I'll watch it then. I was just like, I was kind of like, for me, it was like beating a dead horse, and I was like, I kind of, kind of over this. Like, I feel like. 
I feel like they accomplished what they were setting to accomplish in the first season. And, but yeah, maybe I'll check it out. But it's I, funny, like up until this season, I would have made the argument, and I used to say that, that I was like, they should have just made it a mini series and only ever done one season because it's been going downhill the entire time. Yeah. Uh, but, but then season four came out, and I was like, oh my God, this is really good again. So it's weird. It's like a season I super love, one that I'm kind of iffy on, one that I hate, and then one that I super love again. It's, it's a very odd run for a show to have for sure yeah uh but to all of you who haven't seen the boys i would highly recommend it the first season again with a lot of these shows the first season is the best and after the first season of the boys i was like i can't you kind of like you kind of fucked yourselves because it's like i don't know like you're gonna have to go into these other areas which it does go into in the later seasons and yep. It's the rest of like season two and season three are good content, not great, but I do like the first season. But if I were still to pick um, out of these two, I would I would still say the boys. Um, People tell me to watch the boys a lot. I'm definitely I'm not opposed to it. There's just so many games and so many shows and so many movies and et cetera, et cetera. So also, it's when it gets, not that I think it looks bad. I yeah. just never got around to it. But also when it gets to the point where like everyone's telling you to watch it, they subconsciously you almost just like don't want to watch it. Just like Dude, I am so terrible for that too. I'm the worst <laughs> for that. I didn't watch Super Troopers for like two years after it came out because everyone wouldn't shut up about it. And then when I finally watched it, I was like, Yeah, this is one of the best comedies that I've seen in a long time. Uh, but no, it's I'm really awful for that. The more you emphasize it, you're like, dude, you love it, you love it, you have to check it out. The more I'm just like, I'm not gonna do it now, despite you. I'm my <laughs> yeah. own man. It's terrible. I don't know what it is. I'm broken. <laughs> I'm broken. All right, next one. What would you rather? Black Friday sales or Prime Day sales? Um, historically, for me, I would say Prime Day sales. I don't, I don't fight in crowds, so I'm not willing to do Boxing Day or, or Black Friday in person. And I feel like that's where a lot of the best deals happen is when you're actually the sort of person that's going to like line up outside a Best Buy or something. I'm just, I won't do it. I have social anxiety. I don't like going to the mall when it's normal amounts of busy, right? Uh, that's not true. I enjoy being there, but I have to like psych myself up to do it. Uh, yeah, no, I don't, I don't want to go out on Black Friday. So I normally end up going to the mall like a day or two after it happens. Cause you know, they normally keep some sales on. It'll be like Black Friday week or boxing yeah. week. So I'll go after like the crazy hoarders have gone and bought the really good deals and I'll still get like some deals. It just won't be as incredible. Prime Day is better for me because I do a lot of online shopping and I do have Prime. Uh, plus, they said that I get a bunch of free video games to download on Prime Day this year. So I guess I should do Today that. Today is Prime Day. I know. I should probably do it. I haven't I haven't even gone and looked at how I'm supposed to do that. They just tell me it happens. Watch it be something that's exclusive to the States and I'll just like cry myself to sleep. I won't. I won't care. I there is some. It. Yeah, there's some weird way that you get it because it's, it's tied into Twitch and stuff. But like. For me yeah. personally, I find that the Prime Day sales are always pretty lackluster. Like I just find like it's there's never anything that really stands out to me as like something that I like want to buy or like. I'm going to go get. look online today because I need I need one of two things, which is either that I need a shelf so I can just move my Bluetooth stereo under my TV and use that because uh, I have it like it Bluetooths to the TV, but it's just not in a good position for mm. that. Right. 
or I just need to buy a sound bar. And I'm completely indifferent to which one I do because the stereo would still get used as just a stereo either way. But it's just like if the sound bar is a good deal, I'll just buy a sound bar and wall mount it. But if like a wall mountable shelf is a good deal, I'll just buy that and put the stereo on. It's really six one half dozen of the other. Yeah. But I should prime day out for a deal on either one. You should. I like I, I I'm a pro sound bar kind of person. I, I bet you I could find a sound bar good deal. Oh, totally. Yeah. You absolutely. But I just can. have like the three piece, like you know, the old the old style three piece stereo, but it's Bluetooth, right? Yeah. Like, so I used to have one of those, of those, and it was part of my turntable system and shit. And then I was like, it, it's a really nice setup and it was really top notch. But you just can't beat the convenience of a soundbar, in my opinion. But that's for another time. Uh, Black Friday, like for a lot of these sales, I have found there's almost no reason for me to go to a physical location because I knew a lot of them have those like door crasher things that like you do have to get line for, but it's always like kind of shit that like, it's like, Oh, this door crasher, 23 inch TV. It's like, well, I, what the fuck am I going to do with a 23 inch TV? Um, it's, it's stuff like that. And I always find like really good deals for black Friday. Like, I got my I got my chair on a Black Friday sale for like three hundred dollars off. So like those are things that I like to buy. Prime Day has been kind of disappointing in the last couple of years. So I would pick Black Friday. That's just. But for those of you in the U.S., Black Friday is significantly different here in Canada. We just kind of adopted it. Yeah, yeah, we only got it like a few years ago because we've always had Boxing Day, which is yeah. like the day after Christmas, which is more of a UK thing, apparently, is how we got that. Yeah. Uh, so that was that sort of was our Black Friday was Boxing Day. And then now we just have both. Uh, so I find companies here are kind of divided now about like when to do the bigger sale. It's yeah. Like, do we, do we really blow shit out on Black Friday because we're just going to do it again like two months later after Christmas. So, yeah, I think it's just it's a tactic to get rid of some fucking inventory. It's always um, that's what I was going to say. Those deals, you know, it's on like the stock they're trying to blow out. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's how yeah. you get good deals. But like, yeah, for sure. Once again, it's a cash grab and that's fine. Yeah, you can cash grab me on that. All yeah. right. Next hey, $60 soundbar. You can cash grab me on <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah. All day, every day. Next one here. All right. What would you rather? Starbucks coffee. Again, let's put prices not an issue. Like it's just you get either for free, but you have to okay. pick one. Starbucks coffee or McDonald's coffee. Okay. So I drink coffee, guys, like it's water. It's probably the only beverage I enjoy more than Crystal Pepsi. Um, if we're talking coffee, so just drip coffee, McDonald's. Uh, Starbucks drip coffee always tastes like they left it on the roaster for too long and it's freaking burnt. Uh, you can kind of solve this by buying the like gold roast or whatever it is that it's like a freaking light roast. Uh, and like that only kind of solves it. McDonald's drip coffee is heavenly. I actually think it's better than Tim Hortons or Starbucks or any of the major chains. I would buy I buy McDonald's coffee at home when price is no option, when I'm feeling like I can, you know, treat myself like before the economy collapsed. Uh, <laughs> I used to buy tins of McCafe for at home. Lately, I had to go back to Folgers, guys. Times are tough. Uh, but if we're talking lattes and shit, like if we're talking, you know, high-end $9 beverages, if I'm getting myself like a Vente vanilla latte, Starbucks all day. 
because yeah. McDonald's is all just doing it super automated and at Starbucks they're still doing it's very automated compared to like your local coffee shop but it's less automated than the McDonald's they're still doing more of the barista work at yeah. Starbucks uh and yeah their their actual like high-end beverages are awesome their fraps are like some of the best fraps on the planet Starbucks all day but yeah drip coffee I actually think McDonald's are like the kings of drip coffee which is funny because when I was a child we used to jokingly refer to McDonald's drip coffee as battery acid it was the worst coffee on the planet and it was only when they rebranded with like the McCafe name that they figured out how to make coffee yeah uh for those of you who want to know the nerdy behind the scenes uh McDonald's here in Canada, I don't know if they did it for if they they took the recipe uh because here in Canada we have a big chain called Tim Hortons and it's like Canada's main staple coffee place and it's famous for being Canadian and it's hilariously Canadian. Uh they got sold to was it the people that own Wendy's? So they got sold to an American buyer. Correct. And so then in Canada there was a bunch of like Wendy's Tim Hortons combos which were wild. Uh but while they were owned by Wendy's, they kind of sold off Tim Hortons back to a Canadian buyer. But in between then, McDonald's actually bought the original Tim Hortons coffee recipe. And then so they took that recipe and rebranded it as their McAfee uh, coffee. McCafe, pardon me. Um, so that's why they're like coffee. McAfee better. Yeah, yeah. let's go with McAfee. Yeah, McAfee. Uh, and that's why their coffee tastes like significantly better. And then ever since Tim Hortons came back to Canada or like was back to being Canadian owned, it is just like the fucking worst, like shitty run of the mill coffee. Like I was like, Hortons now is the way we're like, it's, it has gotten a bit better. I, I feel like it's improved again. I agree with you. It was terrible when it first came back to ownership. I do think as well that the McCafe one, it's not just the old Tim Hortons recipe. I do think they actually improved upon the old Tim Hortons. Yeah, they did something. They like fancy uh, they, they, they put some heroin in it. That's what yeah. they did. Just a little, just a little bit of smack in each cup. Um, but I think Tim Hortons now is more similar to Starbucks, where I think they're only really worth it if you're gonna get like, you know, an ice cap, which is like kind of their frap here or whatever, right? Like their their fancier beverages are actually pretty good. Their lattes have actually gotten better. Um, but yeah, like Mick Cafe is just killing the drip coffee game for whatever reason now, for sure. I only drink black iced coffee and I, I prefer Starbucks. Like it just, I only drink the chilled blood of my enemies. Um, (laughs) I just like to talk about coffee as a theory. Uh, no, I, I love coffee. I'm, I'm completely dependent on it to exist. Yeah. I hate people who are like, I don't need that. I just wake up with full of energy. I'm like, good, good for you and your life um you can cash grab me on that Um, someone tried to convince me once that what i should do is not drink coffee for the first two hours of my day because it helps your body wake up naturally and i was like no i drink it because i hate waking up naturally that's the whole point (laughs) that's the whole point waking up naturally is a shitty experience it takes forever (laughs) let's get this next one what would you rather watch all of your movies in a packed movie theater where like everyone's loud and obnoxious or all of the movies that you watch on, on, at home always have buffering, like, and they always like interrupt the middle of the movie or like sections of the movie with buffering. How often does the buffering occur? Every five minutes. Buffering. Wow. 
Yeah, I I hate people talking in movie theaters so much. If you had just said a crowded movie theater, I would have been like, fine, no problem. As soon as you were like, and they're loud and they're talking, I was like, no, I would I would kill myself if I had to watch every movie in that environment. I one time put the fear of God into this pair of 14-year-old girls so bad, and it was in the theater during The Nun, which isn't even a good movie. No. But they just couldn't shut up the entire goddamn time. And at some point, I just turned over, and I was just like, are you going to talk through the entire movie? And like the entire theater just laughed, and then they got really sheepish and red and shut the hell up for the next 45 minutes. I always remember leaving that theater and like the girl that I was dating at the time being like, that was so hot. And I was like, I didn't do that shit for you. Like, I just I just fucking it drives me banana sandwich. If you want to talk, stay at home. We're here. We all paid for the movie. I want to watch the movie. But, you know, I I do other things. I could watch five minutes of a movie and then do some dishes and then watch five minutes of a movie and smoke a joint and then watch five minutes of a movie and go to the bathroom and then watch five minutes of a movie and play some Sonic the Hedgehog. Sure. That sounds way, way more enjoyable than sitting in a movie theater, having every movie I ever watch be ruined by chatty teenagers. Yeah, it's a tough one for sure because they're both pretty fucking terrible. They both suck. I'm not going to sugarcoat that. Yeah, because like. If a movie kept getting like I remember again, like I'm getting way off topic here, but I remember one of I think it was like the Apple TV 2.0 uh, was like the first one that was like a little puck. People found out how to hack that and then put uh, what's that app that you put on where you can stream movies for free? It's like Kofi or something or I don't Cody. know. Cody. Cody. K-O-D-I. Yeah. So they figured... I don't know anything about illegally watching content, which no one should ever do. It's <laughs> super illegal. Don't do it. FBI, FBI, warnings, warnings, warnings. Yeah. But like he, my buddy was like, oh, I could put this on your Apple TV and like you watch all these movies for free. And I was like, all right. Gave it to him. He does it. I get it back. And I'm like, okay. And then like each thing you do on Cody, and it's probably due to the hardware of the Apple TV, but it would like you'd click something and it'd be like, loading and then like just cody for the record like i had cody set up on my old laptop for a long time and it's very hit or miss like some channels of stuff would work fine and other stuff would be buffering like every six minutes and a lot of stuff was in like 480p quality that was all part of the reason that i originally gave up on cody as a system yeah and i was like these were different times everybody this is back when people were fucking flossing okay the the economy wasn't in the shits Gas wasn't $10 a gallon. Like, people were fucking doing fine. We were all G-flying, all right? Um, And I, like, within minutes of this, I was like, fuck this. I would way rather pay $12 per movie and just, like, watch the movie in, like, HD and, like, have it stream immediately. And I was just like, fuck this. This is stupid. And then he was like, can I have your Apple TV, too, and I'll sell it? I'm like, yeah. Fucking take it. Just get me. The dumbest thing about Cody while it was popular, I want to say, and and like those like Android boxes, because Android boxes had a big moment in the sun there for a while. And IPTV, right? TV through the internet, uh, shady gray market TV, uh, all had a big run there for a while with Cody. And what always blows my mind about this is that torrents didn't go anywhere during that whole period of time. So you still could have watched all of that content you know illegally which is what you were doing with cody yeah uh, in much better quality 
and it was all super accessible and you could have just paid like eight bucks or five bucks us a month for a vpn and just downloaded it all and had a way better experience so it wasn't even that you had to run out and pay like 10 bucks for netflix and 12 bucks for disney and 10 bucks for prime no you could have paid like eight bucks for a vpn and just downloaded it all the way you were doing five years earlier but people got really sold on the quote unquote convenience of cody that it was going to be similar to just watching it off of tv and you could just click on it and it would work but the problem is that that's only a cool concept when that actually works that way. Totally. And Cody rarely ever did. Yeah. Right. Uh, so I, that was the conclusion I had with it as well. Like I was like, I would way rather either a just pay for Netflix and Disney and stuff and pay for the content or B there's even just better ways of doing this illegally. Like I just never understood why so many people were all about those cody boxes yeah this was back in 2014 so like it was still kind of a bitch to like get things from like your computer to your tv like without just plugging in a straight hdmi cable and i yeah. think that was like a lot of like the hurdle that a lot of people didn't want to jump through like going on um <laughs> i think we take for granted too like how many people just are too dumb to figure things that we think are basic out because i remember That's having true. to like show friends how to use torrents back when i was like 18 and stuff and like walk them through it and stuff yeah. uh and i think it's like there were people in town here where i live that were like buying those android boxes in bulk online loading them up with cody and all the software and then selling them for more money yeah and i was like man i literally just like looked up a youtube video and did it all myself in 10 minutes like who would pay for that and the answer is like your Lots uncle your, your grandma like you know like all the people that want cheap cable but have no idea what we're talking about right now basically are the people that would do it yeah and don't forget to drink your water and yeah. or clear pepsi yeah it's just, it's just as good because it's clear there we go i think was that the last one or did i have one more no i had one more I'm like, okay. you tell me man what would well i i do these things so fast and i forget what I would you, you rather Every display that you play games off of or you do anything off of, like with your computer, TV, everything, has super harsh fucking sun glare on it. Every display or every display that you run off of is super fucking dim and dark. Those <laughs> suck so hard. That's how I know I made a good one when they're both just like, so equally oh, shitty and bad. Oh, stuck. Um, the dim one. I agree. Do you know why yeah. I agree? Is because sun glare is really fucking hard on the eyes, and like, yeah, like it hurts. Where like a dim screen, you're kind of just like squinting for a bit, but you're like, okay, I can kind of see what's going on. It would be it would be tiring on your eyes over long periods of time. I do feel like it would have less of an effect on my ability to play the game. And yeah, like my the, my condo design is actually really bad for creating sun glare off my main television, which is another reason I'm so happy that I moved to a dedicated bit like gaming monitor that is in a different part of the living room. Yeah, uh, but like my main TV, like I keep 50% of the drapes to the living room just closed 100% of the time. And like yeah. I've had people come over and be like, oh, you never like you never enjoy that part of your view. And I'm like, no, because the amount of time I'm looking out the window is much less in my lifestyle than the amount of time I want to watch television. 
Yeah. And frankly, it just ruins that for me. So it's like I only open the part that faces the lake for that reason. And yeah, like I agree, like it, there are days that I come out here and the sun is like coming in so brightly, like it hurts. You feel like a freaking vampire that came out of your lair or something. You're just like, ah, Jesus, like get blinded. So, yeah. <laughs> Warawana in the comments asks, are the drapes the same color as the carpet, Jay? Great question. Um, so uh, this is both a euphemism and in regards to my apartment, uh, the carpets uh, are mostly non-existent because I have a lot of hardwood floor and tile. And because I manscape, it's 2022. What are you talking about? Like, holy cow, take care of yourselves. Jesus. Great. <laughs> like, take care of yourselves. Come on. You know what? Like, in every place that I've lived, mostly, like, I'm, like, one of the worst people, too, because, like, I'm just, like, I don't give a fucking shit about what's going on outside. I really, sure, I, yeah. I don't give a fuck about the view. I don't really care. Um, I close the blinds all the time, and I get blinds that, like, like are really good at staying shut and, like, keep all the light out, because it's, like, if I want to look outside, I'll go outside. Or, like, if you have a place that has a deck, I'll just go sit on the deck and then look outside. But it's like, yeah, that's the worst thing in the world when you have your fucking blinds open and you're getting all this goddamn glare off of all your screens and you're just like, great, awesome. I'm just staring at the sun secondhand. Excellent. You can tell that we are like legitimate. Like this isn't an act for the podcast, guys. We're nerds because we both pretty much just described (laughs) the idea of having sun glare on our screens as like the worst thing on the planet right yeah. like most people are like what's the worst thing on the planet i don't know racism me and jimmy are like oh man when i can't see my game properly oh this one yeah murder somebody. when any sun touches my skin and dares make it any shade darker than this fucking pearl white skin that i have it's like no <laughs> People invite me outside in public to do things that like don't involve playing more video games or going to a metal show. And I tell them to fuck themselves. <laughs> I, I remember all this, terrible. this girl from Scotland moved to Canada and started at my last work. And I was like, damn, that chick is pale. And I was like, holy shit. And I stood next to her and I put my arm against hers and I was like, oh, we're the same color. <laughs> See, they they say that there's like this thing where you're attracted to your own tribe, right? Like the people like it's like how people with ADHD end up dating other people with ADHD. I always thought that I liked pale girls because I had a thing for goth chicks. But maybe I just like pale girls because I never went outside as a child. You know, like maybe I just see that and subconsciously I'm just like, oh, you too. eh? You didn't have any friends. Cool. Yeah, let's vibe. (laughs) Cool. Great. (laughs) No, I wasn't like, damn, that's hot. I was like how fucking weird that chick looks because she's so pale and i was like oh we have polar opposite reactions to that yeah i was like shit i'm that pale and i'm like i gotta fix this (laughs) spray tan bitches uh war one in the chat asked a question can we do a donate goal of getting you two to try doing something like playing ring fit on switch to see how much you love slash hate it uh if we could get to a thousand subs then we can start taking donations <laughs> yeah that sounds great uh jimmy needs to either buy a switch or come over to my house to play it but both of those things are things that could happen you know yeah i think i'm just gonna buy a switch because i tried Do it. Do it. um Do it. emulating a switch on my hot gamer girl pc and it works but again it's like the cody thing where it's just like 
it's just frustrating enough to where I'm just like, fuck this. <laughs> yeah, it's just janky enough that you're like, you know what? I'm too old for this shit. Yeah. I think that's honestly part of it, right? Like, as we age, I'm like, you know, what? I'm a third through my lifespan. I don't have time for Cody to fucking buffer anymore. Yeah. Like, it's- <laughs> exactly. Like, it's just like, yeah. I want to sit down and I want to play this game. And uh, like, even if I have to click four things to get it to do the thing it's supposed to do, that's four things too many. Where instead, the opposite is just, oh, I'm playing now and it's working as it should. Um, I 100% agree. Uh, we're going to move into this last. This is kind of like, it's not really a news topic, but it's like, it's a topic of discussion that I wanted to get into um, before we move into one of our last segments here. And that is Marvel VFX artists air their grievances about boring and badly managed MCU. And for those of you who may have noticed the CGI has been under a lot of scrutiny in a lot of the more recent Marvel projects. And I feel like for good reason. And I've definitely noticed it, especially in the Disney Plus series, that a lot of the VFX aren't as good as they could be. And what I mean by that is they're still good, but they're they're not like to that Marvel level uh, that we're used to. And that could be a fault that Marvel set the standard too high and it's just like an unreachable standard uh, for TV shows. But I feel like when you're as big as Disney or Marvel, like your TV shows shouldn't suffer as much. But reading this article and then just seeing like the kind of, and this is the kind of the case with all VFX companies, the kind of high pressure intensity that they're under, it kind of makes sense where they're at. Um, Jay Retro, what are your thoughts on this? I think it, like, it ties into something that I, I read recently about how most visual effects are done at 2K. So it's cheaper to produce visual effects at 1440p than to do all the rendering in 4K. And so what most digital movies are doing these days, and most of these big Marvel movies that you're seeing in theaters, is they're shooting the film in 2K. They're filming it all in 1440p because it's going to be cheaper to add all the visual effects in that way. And then they upscale the product afterwards to 4K, right? Um, So I think that's part of what we're seeing is we're seeing a bunch of rendering that was done at half the resolution that you end up watching the movie at. And the problem with that as well, then, is you're also affecting the overall image quality of the stuff that isn't CGI because you're shooting it in a lower resolution at a lower quality to facilitate keeping the graphic stuff cheap. Um, But I think the other thing that this article really touched on for me, because, yeah, like the Marvel Cinematic Universe, it's it's super successful. It has finally, I think, gotten to the point, though, where I think more of the criticism coming recently where people are starting to pick apart the CGI and stuff is also just that, like, I do think eventually every bubble bursts. And I think the Marvel Cinematic Universe has had its its true heyday. Mm-hmm. I don't think it'll ever get back to as big as it was because most of the primary actors and everything have left now. And yes, you can inject a new new bunch of heroes. And yeah, you can hand the mantle from this and this character, that character. And that stuff happens in the comics, too. And like, I'm all for Black Captain America. That's sick. But it's still not going to be as big as the originals were. 
Um, and so I just, that's my personal opinion on it. I think that the, the Marvel cinematic universe has kind of burst its bubble. I find the, the shows on Disney plus have been more interesting than the newer movies, to be honest. Uh, and I almost think that they should just concentrate there more now. But the other thing that this article just touches on is that like visual effects just aren't respected enough as an art form. And, and that's not exclusive to the Marvel Cinematic Universe in any way, shape, or form. Um, and it's the same thing as, like, the gaming industry overall, right? Like, we were going to touch on that, uh, you know, like, apparent lack of crunch and development uh, thing there. Uh, well, it's it's similar here. It's, like, the graphics effects industry, you know, the video game production industry. These are all industries that traditionally have like a ton of grind, long hours, low levels of appreciation, and where low you pay. I was about to say, and pay yeah. that does not reflect the success of those franchises. So, like each programmer and graphics coder and tester and all of those people that are involved in, like you know, the billions of dollars that Call of Duty makes or whatever, they're not living high because of that, right? They're all just making like desk job money, um, and it's the same thing here. So, if anything, that was when I read this article, like I got frustrated, but I didn't get frustrated specifically at the MCU. Uh, I think they're the easy one to throw under the bus because obviously they'd get a lot of visual effects work done for their movies. So yeah. they are a large client in Hollywood for the visual effects industry. But I think like you would probably hear the same thing like about Disney and the newer Star Wars movies. If you really went and talked to the visual effects artists, you would probably hear the same about lots of things, right? Um, <clears throat> I, I think the only other thing that kind of stands out though is for sure them being like oh it's boring and then that that ties back to my earlier point though where i'm like okay but that's not really those are two separate things right like you can say like oh they're overworking us and they don't treat us well and this and that but then to be like and i'm not artistically invested in the work i just think those are two separate issues right yeah uh, but once again, that comes down to like it's an industry where they don't have a ton of artistic freedom to do what they're interested in doing as artists because they work under these firms and, you know, graphics development companies that get these contracts to work for, you know, 12 Marvel movies in a row or whatever it is. Um, so, of course, you get bored. But I'm sure there's tons of people working on projects in the gaming industry that they're bored to tears by. Being like, man, I can't believe I am redoing the textures for The Last of Us again when I could be <laughs> making a new goddamn game. Boom. Uh, I, I didn't good segue into like you cash grab me on that. Yeah, like you, you make a lot of good points on that. Like, I think like the boring part is like a lot of people get into these high profile uh VFX companies thinking that they're gonna be the one that gets to 3D three D design like all of uh Captain America's suits or his shield or whatever. And then they're like, oh no, you're tasked with rotoscoping out all of the people off of the green screen. So you have to go in frame by frame and cut people out of the green screen and get their hair perfect. And it's like, that's what I have to do. So yeah, that's that's where we need you on the team. It's like Oh, but I have all this, all this experience doing VFX, and like I could do. It. They're like, no, rotoscope. You rotoscope, but it's like, oh. Um, and I agree with you. I think like there just there needs to be something that happens in that industry where those people are getting paid the appropriate amount and given enough time. Because what happens is 
they like they go to the lowest bidder, like whoever's able to do the job for the cheapest and contract out for the cheapest, and they give them the shortest amount of time to be able to do that to reach whatever release date that they have for the movie. So these people are like overworked, they don't get a lot of money, and then that's when you get kind of like these kind of these VFX that don't look as good as they should. Like a couple of good examples they brought up was if anyone's seen the new um, Doctor Strange movie, like his third eye looks like dog shit. Like it literally just looks like something that I would do in Final Cut Pro and just like put a PNG image of a third eye over one of our heads. Um, And it's things like that. And it's again, not that these VFX artists are not talented or have the skill set it's that when you're rushed and like things change all the time or you got some person coming in and be like can you make this more prominent or like can you do this or do that it's like you have to make all these changes on the fly and it could completely fuck with all the work that you just did or you have to redo all that work now that's what we're seeing and that's why when you're just pumping out all this content like if you look at marvel phase four and how many movies and how much content that there is for that they've crammed a lot of shit out in a short amount of time and it's like i think we just learned a good tried and true lesson which is less is more it's like maybe if they just put a little bit more focus into some of these key stories they would have just come out with a better product and it's good. And I think it's sort of a fear of what I was discussing with the idea that like a lot of their big longtime stars have, have left. So they're viewing phase four as this like relaunch where they're like, oh, we have to keep everybody invested in the MCU. But I would say like with the less is more thing, look back to how you got the MCU popular in the first place. It was like Iron Man came out on its own and then yeah. it took a little while and you did an Iron Man 2. A little while later, you did Captain America. And so it took them a while to build it up. I don't think necessarily the strategy to keep it going with a new cast of heroes is to just ram everything down our throat in three months, which seems to have been the strategy they've taken this time. So Yeah, I think also what happened, too, is with the pandy and they're just like oh, everyone's locked at home, the movie theaters are shut, let's put all of our focus to TV series and let's churn those out as quickly as we possibly can. So a lot of those kind of got rushed out. And it's really good that a lot of them had good stories to where like the bad VFX didn't like take away that much from the series overall. You're like, I still really like these characters and I like this story. And then, but you're also like, yeah, the VFX is not that great, but I've already moved on. Like, I like... I just find it funny, like, I never had that feeling about visual effects in Marvel movies ever. I've never watched a Marvel movie and been like, oh my god, look at the visual effects since, like, back to, like, probably, like, the first Iron Man made me feel that way. And it's been forever since, you know, a Marvel movie has... But I've also never watched a Marvel movie, including the newer ones, and even including the shows, and being like, these effects are awful. The effects in the shows always did seem a little lower budget than the effects in the movies. And to me, that makes sense. Uh, but the effects in the movies didn't look terrible. I just think it's interesting that like everybody's taking the standpoint of just like Marvel CGI looks like garbage. And I'm like, no, it doesn't. I've seen a lot of bad CGI in my time. We grew up through when CGI is new. 
We yeah. saw really bad attempts at CGI. Go watch Spawn so from 1997. <laughs> thank you, right? Like, there are some awful examples of bad CGI. Uh, no, we weren't as lucky with every movie as we got with the first Jurassic Park, guys. That was, like, a very rare occurrence for CGI to look good. Go look at the CGI shit that they added to the original Star Wars trilogy. It's just bad. Uh, yeah, I It's don't know. funny so that me- you bring that up, though. Uh, Jurassic Park. And this is another good point that I find... So the 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 VFX in Jurassic Park, the first one, they they were very revolutionary for the time. But when you look at them now, they like they still pretty much hold up. But like you still could see like, oh, okay, wow, they they're not like that that stellar. They were just used really well, and that's another thing that I think is happening a lot of the time too. That you have these directors that are not very fluent with big uh big projects like this and they don't know how they're going to incorporate the vfx and they have that kind of attitude like oh we'll fix it in post like we'll just get the vfx artist to fix this and then again with all these super tight timelines and then super tight budgets like you got these people that are like fixing these things that could have been done way better if you would have just done them properly like on set or on location and used a bit of practical effects for sure and like that's something that i thought of that a lot because i recently watched the making of documentaries for the christopher nolan trilogy because i bought that on dvd of like the dark knight trilogy and that was the thing nolan said in that documentary that i thought was brilliant where he was like whenever we were going to use a cgi shot it was really important to me that the first shot of that segment and the last shot of that segment be practical and be real so like as an example the shot of the batmobile jumping into the bat cave he's like the first shot of it going off of the ramp is real and then there's like a cgi shot of it in midair but the shot of it landing in the bat cave is us landing a real car in the bat cave yeah and so your mind like doesn't pick up on the cgi being there as much because it's it's grounded by reality on either end of it and jurassic park did a really brilliant job of that of knowing like when to use a a cgi dinosaur and when to use like a robotic animatronic dinosaur and how to combine those two things to create the illusion of a real dinosaur right and it was very intelligently put together in that way it was some of the best cgi we'd seen at that time but if the whole movie had been done in just that CGI, it wouldn't have been nearly convincing. They totally. used a lot of giant robot dinosaurs and, you know, uh, other effects to make that work. And so I, I think that that's maybe something that the Marvel movies are lacking is that Christopher Nolan or like early Jurassic Park mentality of how do we use CGI tastefully and sprinkle it in with practical effects that yeah. then make you believe that CGI more because it's in a world of tangible, right? Yeah, definitely. Like, I think there could be like a hybrid mix, but yeah, like I agree with you for the most part. There's definitely parts like, uh, like in Moon Knight, I was like, I was like, wow, those effects are bad. But like, I, I was still just yeah, like, I- it was like, it was like a moment. And then like, as soon as it passed, it passed. And I just like, all right, like take Take us there. Because I was thinking of Moon Knight as I was going on that rant. And I was like, I never thought the effects in Moon Knight were bad. I just thought they looked like TV show quality special effects as opposed to like big budget movie quality special effects. Yeah. And when I say better than the visual effects in a lot of TV shows, like TV. Oh, yeah. TV didn't used to have good special effects, guys. Oh, my God. The era of like Mutant X 
And, I love, uh, I love like Star some Trek of the next gen and shit, right? So. Like those CW shows, DC shows, like those have like some dog shit effects. And, and like the early, early seasons have really bad ones for sure. Yeah. Um, going back even further than that, man, like I grew up on shows like My Secret Identity and shit. Like I've <laughs> seen some bad TV show special effects. I loved Lois and Clark with Dean Kane as Superman bad tv show level effects right yeah so i'm i still i guess maybe it's the nostalgia lenses but i think i still live in a world where i'm just blown away by the fact that like tv has come so far like i remember when i watched the sopranos and i for the first time and like it was like every episode me and this girl i was seeing at the time were watching it and she would always be like it's like watching a movie like the quality is so good it's like a movie because people forget that that used to be a very distinct difference, that it was like film had a level of quality that was much higher than anything you were ever going to get on network television. Yeah. And then HBO and AMC and these kind of big budget networks came along and you get your Sopranos and your Game of Thrones and all of that. And now it's like we take it for granted with Netflix and Amazon and Disney Plus that our serialized shows are like a, supposed to be basically of the same level now of like special effects and cinematography and shit that you only used to be able to get by going to see an actual movie. Yeah. So I'm still just blown away by that all the time. Yeah. Like for me, when I say they're bad, like I'm like, they're bad, but like, I'm not like, Oh my God. Like a lot of people that, that just make them like, they just over exaggerate it. And then yeah. it, there's always those people. Like there's those people that say that, <laughs> The Last of Us remake part one is not a cash grab. And it's like, and there's people that like, will be like, those are the worst VFX I've seen. In my-. Let's, uh, let's get into this next thing here. So this is, uh, another segment where we take questions from our Instagram account. So if you haven't already, make sure you're following the update required, uh, podcast on Instagram. We are update required official as we and, have a whopping eight followers, you could be number nine. Yeah, you could be, you could be number nine. That could be you. Uh, and we are going to go over some of the questions that were submitted to our Instagram story here. And so I'm going to read them out. Uh, so, okay, our first one here. So thank you, everybody who submitted a question. We really appreciate you. You know who you are when we read out your question. Um, again, thank you for being so active with our community. We, we love it. Okay, um, first question. Ubisoft removing access to playing owned games. What do you think is needed to protect our purchases? I haven't heard about this, but I know that debate's been going on ever since digital consoles became a thing, like all the way to the PSP Go, was it? Was that I feel like that was like yep. the first real digital console. But I will say that game preservation. I feel like is important, but I always feel like there is a community out there that are working on emulation and like ripping the actual data files from games. So I think physical copies are the best way of, of game preservation or now, um, like when you crack firmwares of devices, I know it's not legal per se, but I do feel like that kind of work is important because otherwise we would completely lose games like, um, uh silent hill pe like that that project that yeah the playable trailer yeah yeah and like that was never really released and they just completely eliminated it even if people had like downloaded it to their library so technically it is a purchase that they should be eligible to redownload again they completely remove that so 
I don't yeah, think there's actually a- really pissed me off because like I should have just left it downloaded on my PS4. Like if somebody would have told me that if yeah. I removed it, I would never be able to get it back again. I would still have it on there today because like that thing was entertaining enough that even though it was about 20 minutes long, I would probably bust it out once a year just yeah. to go through it again because it was just such a like intriguing and original experience at the time that it's something I would love to go back and replay. Um, but yeah, I, I agree. I think emulation is really important for game preservation. I do think we kind of have to accept with all of these digital platforms that there is no guarantee. Totally. So on the one hand, I can understand people's frustration, but I think that you also like knowing that this has now happened with multiple platforms. And we've seen like Nintendo shutting down the Wii shop and now the 3DS shop and stuff. It's going to happen eventually with every digital platform and so we live in an era where yeah when you buy a game unfortunately if you're buying a digital copy you are always taking some percentage chance of a risk that that platform will shut down at some point even steam which we all take for granted now it's like it's been there since the dawn of digital gaming time it'll always be there it could collapse just the same as any other company or platform. You could always yeah. make some stupid decisions and have your stockholders fold on you anytime. So, yeah, uh, I think <clears throat> PC gaming is the place that this worries me the most. Because, like, when I bought this gaming laptop, that was when I realized that having a disk drive in a gaming PC is borderline just doesn't exist anymore yeah and like physical copies of pc games basically just don't exist anymore like they basically just got destroyed by digital copies which is great for convenience and it has certainly caused me no issues enjoying this gaming laptop in the time that i've owned it uh but it is interesting to think that like you know for my series x i can go buy a disc if i'm really concerned about that happening you know, or for my PlayStation or, or my Switch, even I can go buy the cartridge, right? Uh, but I can't do that with my PC now. So yeah. any game I buy, whether it's on Steam, Epic Game Store, Ubisoft, EA, doesn't matter. Every one of them, I'm taking that risk to some degree, right? That they could either just like delist it from that platform or their whole platform entirely could collapse. Yeah. Like for me, like, pc doesn't really worry as much because like even if they took that away like it's so much easier to implement like a workaround or a fix like someone in some form will just come up with an app that it could get the the base files off of but again to your point like if you don't have those you can't download those again that would suck but i'm sure someone would just torrent it or like put it up for somewhere else but if you're on console it's a lot harder um like if something like that were to happen like i know um on Xbox, like even on the Series X, uh, a lot of those first games that were, what was that feature where, like, it, uh, if you had the the Xbox One version, it would automatically know to put it to the the Series S or X version. What do they call smart that again? Smart delivery. Smart delivery. So those first run of games that were on smart delivery, uh, because those discs, there isn't a separate Xbox Series disc for that game. It's just the one disc. And then what it does is when it installs, it downloads the appropriate content for your series console. So those first run of games, if your Xbox isn't connected to the internet, it won't play the game. Like you'll install it and then it'll just like be like, no, it requires additional information to play this game. And like, so that that even shows you that 
it is a gamble. Like no matter what platform that you buy it on, like so someone can just shut something off and then even our physical copies won't work. But well, it's funny. Yeah. Like war just touched on something there where they were, it's really just an empty disc. And that's the thing. It's like, it's been that way for a really long yeah. time, right? Where discs aren't really about you getting the game on the disc. That is basically like a physical CD key. Like it's just mm -hmm. a token that is telling the PlayStation Store, the Xbox Store, the Nintendo eShop yeah, that you DRM. own that game. Exactly. And so then you still need to download the entire freaking game, right? If it, like, if it wasn't that way, then yeah, it would just install off the disc. But no, you know, every time you buy a new game, you bring it home. What happens? Like 180 gigabyte download right off the bat or whatever. Yeah. It's been that way for a long time, and it's definitely not exclusive. It's funny because I saw an article about this a week or two ago that was like, uh digital physical games are coming and that they will eventually essentially just get rid of the disc because having the disc in there is stupid and they will essentially just sell you a plastic thing and you'll open it and it'll just have the game code in there yeah like i think i think the point that i was getting at is it's like there's nothing really on an individual level that we can do to prepare for this like it's just it's gonna inevitably happen um, yeah. But I think there are like there's communities out there that are working on emulation and game preservation. And if you're feeling like being like extra generous, <laughs> like I know Jay Retro's opinion on this sometimes, but like just like if you find yourself amongst those communities and they have a donation, chuck them a dollar or two if you can. But uh, don't worry about it if you can. Let's move on to this next question here. What games do you think will be nominated for game of the year? So at the Game Awards, I know we all know for sure Elden Ring is going to be nominated. Absolutely. Horizon Forbidden West is going to be nominated. Um, I think Halo didn't make the cut last year because it was released kind of late. So I think Halo Infinite will be on the roster for 2022's Game of the Year. Um, and then God of War Ragnarok, uh, which is coming out November 9th, uh, just makes the cut. And I kind of don't feel cool about that. But other, I can't think of a fucking fifth game like Dying Light Two or what, what was that game? Is, is, is the new Forza going to come out in time? Like not Horizon, but Forza, the new Motorsport, new whatever, right? Five, I think. I don't know. I never don't know. I think that's a 2023 release, isn't it? Maybe it's seven. They're, I think they're further than Horizon is. Maybe it is. You might be right. I, can I could see that. Horizon actually getting nominated. When the heck did Horizon Five come out? Because that was like it's. I'm not a giant racing guy. Like racing isn't my primary. Genre. Horizon did make it for last games. year's, and, it, and okay. it won that award. It just didn't get nominated for Game of the Year. Okay, okay. Because I was gonna say, because Horizon Five is hands down the best racing game I've ever played, other than like Mario Kart and F Zero and shit. It's the best racing game I've played that's based with real cars. Let's put it that way, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, you know, playing racing games since the Super Nintendo or whatever. So take that for whatever value you will. So it is um, Motorsport 8, which is the newest one. I'm, it's a, it's a spring 2023. That. Yeah, so that <clears> one. Okay. Oh, I'm glad to hear at least that Horizon 5 did get some shine at last year's Game Awards. Because I think Pokemon, I think we talked about that because I was like, like it's oh, just a driving yeah. game and then Pokemon, uh, i could see i could see getting it yeah that's true i do remember that conversation now that yeah. you're referencing now i can see the newest pokemon getting uh some shine i agree pear bear i know that that game was extremely popular yeah uh, i think a switch and, game should be like the fifth nominee well that's kind of what i was thinking like and i was just like oh we still haven't had new zelda like what which switch game would it be but i agree that that new like pokemon didn't come to my mind because i'm not a pokemon guy but yeah 
it was a huge deal when it dropped for sure. Yeah. I think those five. So my thoughts on the game awards this year, like obviously because I'm a super hard fucking fanboy, And like I mentioned last week, I would fly first class. I would fly coach to Japan in the shittiest seats cramped. So I could go chartle Hidetaka Miyazaki's nuts in my mouth at a drop of a hat anytime. So obviously I think that Elden Ring should win game of the year just for the accomplishments that it had. I definitely think it would fucking curb stomp Horizon Forbidden West. If those were the two games up against each other, it would absolutely decimate and absolutely win. Um, But God of War, I know that franchise is fucking huge. And I know that just by a numbers game like that game sold over 20 million copies and Elden Ring sold over 13, which is still very impressive, but it's not 20 million. And I know there's a ton of people hyped for that game and it coming out like so late in the year. Again, that's why I kind of have kind of mixed feelings about it. I think it being like the most recent game in people's memories and just like the hype that people have for that game, it will probably win game of the year. And I feel like it's going to win game of the year, regardless if it's even better than the 2018 version. Um, I just think that's the way of, that's just the way of things. And it's a bummer, but I don't know. I'm going to just, I'm not going to be salty about it. I'm just going to be like, yep, that's as expected. It doesn't take away my experience from Elden Ring. I think Elden Ring's going to win. Personally, Ooh. That's, that is my personal. Opinion. If it does, I, I will fucking buy. Guy, I think it will. I think it will. I've never seen the gaming industry consistently review something so high in like a decade as Elden Ring. Uh, and yeah, I just I, I think it's going to get its shine, man. I think it's 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 such a critical darling. I think it's going to get its shine. I think it's going to get its moment in the sun. If it does, I will buy five copies of Elden Ring and I'll give them away. Because, like, fuck yeah, that would be the biggest victory. I'm not expecting it because you I'm heard pessimistic. It here first, guys. <laughs> so stay tuned because you, if you don't own it, could win. Yeah. A copy of Elden Ring. You can you right can here. clip this or whatever. Five copies. I will, I will buy five copies and give yeah. them away. That's I will double down on my prediction. Okay. So if Elden Ring wins best game of the year, which I believe it will, Jimmy will give away five copies of Elden Ring. To people who not only watch but subscribe and follow us on Instagram. Yeah. And I will actually play Elden Ring. I'll buy to. Jay Retro's copy of Elden Ring as well. You don't even need to. I'll I'll pay for it. I'll freaking <laughs> I'll do it. If it wins game of the year, because I'm that confident it's going to, I will double down. I'll put my money where my mouth is. Because I'm probably and, gonna end up buying and playing it eventually. But and just, if it's God of War out. wins, I will to hear first. I will uh, try uh, Clear Pepsi. <laughs> the fact that you haven't tried it already is just sad for you. Okay, yeah, just, so that's just I'll live. That, I'll live that sad life. Um, yeah, okay. you can go ahead. More for me. <laughs> Cash grab you on that one. Um, okay, next question here. On a scale of one to completely cooked, how likely do you think Skull and Bones will release playable? Skull and Bones. I don't think I've heard of that game. Neither have I. So I, I guess that's not I, a I question don't, to ask. I, I don't know because we don't know that game. Yeah, sorry. Skull sorry. and Bones gameplay. Let's look up this fucking trailer here. I'm going to say, like, I have been pretty underwhelmed with how a lot of games have been releasing this year. And I know, like, again, it's due to pressure. 
wonder if work from home really messed stuff up too like that's what i think i think we've seen games released like it was already bad for games coming out in an unfinished state but i feel like ever since the pandemic everything just comes out in a buggier state like i feel like there's something to be said for people working under the same roof and actually being able to communicate with each other (laughs) that and i also think that there's just too much segregation in the gaming industry where they they farm out a lot of their coders and they just like they just hire contract people who aren't real employees of the actual company. And then there was also a really good documentary that I watched fucking Asmund Gold uh, do his reaction of um, where they talked about the whole cyberpunk fiasco and this quality assurance testing company that's supposed to test your game and find all the bugs for it. Uh, the company that did Cyberpunk essentially committed fraud and told CD Projekt Red that they would have all of their top tier testers working on this project. In reality, a lot of their top tier testers left the company and all they had was new people. So you have a ton of new people who aren't experienced in finding bugs, uh, finding resolutions for them or like properly QA testing. And they're doing that for this huge fucking project. And yeah, like that's why you kind of get what you get. And it's just so wild to see like the massive impact that the pandy had on a lot of industries and like just a lot of just like people deciding that like, you know what, maybe it is a good year to retire and I don't want to work anymore. And then they just like peace out or like, you know what, like I value my home time and I want to work somewhere where I can work from home or yeah, blah, tons blah, blah. Of people just jumped industries, right? Like there's yeah. so many people that just were just like, yeah, I actually uh, I've been really unfulfilled in this job for many years and uh, I'll just take this as my chance to jump ship. So yeah, no, definitely. It's had a pretty crazy effect on <laughs> like, all sorts of the lines. Of war business. wanna, hmm, putting blame on someone else. Don't need outside testers to see how bad that game was. Yeah, but like if you're trusting a quality assurance company to kind of like go over the bugs with you, what they that were doing, this is, this is what happened is because they were all so new, they were submitting bug reports for every little like cosmetic bug rather than submitting bug reports for like the major like game breaking bugs and getting those resolved first. Setting that as like a priority ticket or whatever. Exactly, exactly, exactly. That's a really good analogy. So they just set priority tickets for like all cosmetic issues rather than setting those as like super low priority and then setting high priority for all like the major uh, game breaking ones. So that would definitely have a a huge effect on your uh, production and development. Absolutely. Um, Let's move on to this next one here. Nintendo did announce new hardware, a Splatoon-themed OLED Switch. That counts, right? This is clearly Pear Bear. Uh, you yeah. said they were going to take the store down to... Or no, take they took down a trailer for the YouTube algorithm to promote their new one. Um, I'll give you half points. It is technically yeah, new agree. hardware. I'll give you half points. Yes, they released something. No, no, it was not. What was heavily implied, as always, was going to come out. Uh, I still, for the record, I don't think you're going to see the Switch 2 or whatever you want to call it for probably another year at least. The OLED is still really new. I just don't think they're going to release that and then like three months later be like, and a whole new Switch. It's just, why did they release the OLED then? It just becomes stupid. So I think the OLED was to buy them time to actually develop the next generation of hardware uh, in the same way that the new 3DS XL was there to buy them time. Yeah, I think we touched on this like a long time ago in one of our Ray previous episodes, but I feel like they 
had all the intentions to release a Switch Pro, but with like the chip shortage, they were just like, we don't have the buying power of fucking Microsoft or Sony. So it's just like, we're fucked. We're like, there's no way we're going to acquire the chips. So and you're seeing the chip shortage improve now, but totally. that still means they have to go get the chips and then develop around the chips. And yeah. like, it's not, it's not like the chips become available and the next day you get a new switch. Right. Totally. So I really think that OLED exactly was a strategy to be like, chips aren't available. Everyone wants us to put something out there. Let's just give them a nice screen. And then, you know, in a short while, we'll, you know, in another year or year and a half, we'll be able to come up with a real product. And you know what, Pear Bear? You want to be greedy. You want to go all or nothing. You get nothing now. I'm taking away your half point. You're being greedy. Yeah. You're done. You're done. You're done. Cut off. You're cut no off. No points for you. Yeah. Like, uh, <laughs> like, I honestly think that the fucking display that was in the original Switch like they just couldn't mass produce that anymore. They were like, no, we don't make that anymore. It's actually cheaper to just buy the OLED display. And they're like, all right, throw that in. Dude, we got a new product right there. Boom. boom. Bada boom. Boom, bing, bam, boom. Okay, we yeah. got some more questions here. How long until you think we will see Series X and PS5 consoles in store? That's a really good question. I don't know what it's like for all of you in the rest of the world, but here in the magical land of Canada, I do, like Jay Retro has said, I do start to see more and more not very long but more and more i do start to see series x on amazon and like ps5 on amazon and like it it does quickly sell out Uh, it's not going to be there for a couple of days you might see it one day and then it's gone the next um and then sometimes you go into best buy and you and you see them in so it is getting better i do see it gradually getting better i agree especially the the xbox like we've said before like microsoft has that buying power they've got the big bill gates billions so it's easier for them to get units out faster than sony at this point um but definitely like i see the series s everywhere the series s is very readily available the series x i see quite frequently where i'll go into like an eb games or a best buy and there'll be three or four of them there and for sure they're probably gone like three hours later but i see them trickle out the PlayStation 5 I've still only seen in reality in public one time where I went into a store and they had like five of them on a shelf and they were all gone probably an hour later. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, this is the PS5, I'm still I'm kind of just as curious as you guys are as to when that'll balance out. I do think it's going to get better and better now. Like I said, like we're seeing the graphics chip shortage finally balance out. Uh, for one, the Pandy, thankfully, it seems the worst of it is behind us in a lot of places in the world. Uh, knock on wood, obviously. Um, so I think that that's definitely affecting things. Uh, but you, uh, another thing that I think had a huge effect on this is just that, like, and I, I get so much joy out of this one, is just that uh, cryptocurrency kind of entirely collapsed. So oh, yeah, just shit all those the people bed. Who had, right? So all those people who had bought, like, 300 graphics cards to build a crypto farm in their basement are just trying to get rid of those goddamn things and get back some of their losses right now. So you're actually seeing the secondhand market get, like, 
flooded with product and the first hand market is there's not going to be that demand on release day like when these 40 series graphics cards come out i don't think it'll be like the 30s were where it was like damn near impossible to get one at like it was the same situation as the ps5 and series x where they were just gonna be scalped everywhere because the only people that bought them were either scalpers or crypto miners yeah and i just think like you're still gonna have scalpers but taking the crypto miners out of the equation or at least taking a large bulk of them out of that equation is yeah really going to help the market as well so i'm going to bathe in the tears of sad crypto bros while we all purchase graphics cards and ps5s at reasonable prices like we should have been doing for the past two years yeah i feel kind of bad because like i have an rtx 3080 in my fucking hot gamer girl pc and it just like it crushes every game that i throw at it and then I'm like, am I going to be that asshole that gets the new graphics card every year just because he can? And I'm like, I don't know if I will. We'll see. Don't be that guy. I would say I think the the rule that you should follow with PC hardware, in my opinion, if you want to be a sane human being, is the same rule that you follow with console hardware, which is you should aim to buy something high end enough, depending on your budget, that you won't have to swap out any components realistically for like five years. And yes, you're, of course, going to see diminishing returns over those five years where you're like, oh, these, you know, I could be playing these games on slightly higher settings in the same way that like when the PS4 came out, its graphics blew your goddamn mind. And five years later, you were like, yeah, these are okay. I can't wait for the PS5. Like, that's just (laughs) how technology works. But I think the dumbest thing you can do is constantly chase the newest stuff in PC gaming. Like, that is how people like get a second mortgage on their house from being pc gamers is because they're just addicted to getting the latest everything and then they're like oh in order to get this i have to upgrade my power supply and if i do that i'm gonna need to upgrade my cooling and like it's it's a drug and it's a terrible terrible hole to fall into and i just think it's you know we talked about that before where it's like just because a new product came out like if you bought a 30 series graphics card and then three or four months later the 40 series graphics cards come out it's not like like you said your graphics card crushes everything you throw at it it's not like that graphics card suddenly becomes doo-doo because there's a new one on the market right so and then 40 series is probably going to have like incremental improvements and it's more for like technologies that are probably not in any of the games that you're currently playing it's more for future games but uh yeah i i think i've been thinking that like now that the podcast is really taking off and we're almost at 40 subscribers uh and we have like almost damn near 10 followers on instagram and i have a full-time job that i think whenever i am ready to get a new pc i'll probably just build one and then i'll just like give away the one that I have now or like do something, do something nice with it. Um, Let's move on to this next question here. Um, What do you think about collector's editions and having digital and physical copies inside? Okay. Uh, I feel like a lot of those collector's editions, they're just looking to try to add value somehow to like, to make it worthwhile to buy that bundle. And they just throw everything. They're like the digital copy and the physical copy there are advantages to having the physical copy for certain things. And what I mean by that is really nerdy things like having, for instance, 
Having the physical copy of Elden Ring, you can install the version 1.0 of that game and you can, and there's a lot of little differences that you can have in that version. If you just unplug your console from the internet and then just play it without updating it, I I'm a nerd. So I think that kind of shit is cool, but for most people, they probably will like the same with that dude, where's my car Blu-ray that uh, War Wanna won in our last episode. Uh, I didn't even open the cellophane on that. So a lot of people will get that in their bundle and probably just like put it on their shelf somewhere as like a showpiece and they won't ever open it. Watch the digital one. Yeah, it's interesting. Like I, I bought the collector's edition of the Robert Pattinson Batman film, uh, blu-ray box set and that came with uh you know the blu-ray the dvd and the digital copy um and so for me like i always watch the blu-ray because it's a higher bit rate but what i thought was interesting was that they included a 4k digital copy so even though the physical copy i bought was the 1080p one so then I'm left with this decision of like, do I want to watch it at like a higher bit rate with a better color palette or do I want to watch it in 4K? It's just really weird that it showed up that way. But something I never really considered till I looked into, like I started watching a lot of videos on Blu-ray collecting. What one guy was saying is like, well, it's technically illegal, but there's certainly a lot of forums where what people do is they just sell the digital code. And there's literally entire forums that are dedicated to that, where people will just pay you like seven bucks US or whatever to buy the digital copy of the movie for you. So I would say if you're never like if you're only ever going to use one, take your pick. Are you a digital person or are you a physical person? Sell the extra copy and make back some of your money and then you can go buy another movie, right? Or another game. Yeah. Uh, So that would be my argument with that is like, do I really need a digital copy when I'm already buying a physical copy? Absolutely not. But it really causes me no harm because I can either a like enjoy the convenience of both. Like, I guess like the digital one I could like watch on my phone at the airport, whereas I it might be harder to do that with the physical one. Yeah. Or if it's I just want to be economic about it, it gives me the opportunity to make some of my money back. Right. So, yeah, no, I, harm, no foul. That's a good way of looking at it, too. You know what I did like when I bought the digital deluxe version of Elden Ring? Um it came with both the PS4 copy and the PS5 copy. And it kind of reminded me, like you just mentioned, like your box set came with the DVD version and the Blu-ray version. And what I liked about that, I was like, oh, what the hell am I going to do with the PS4 version? Um, but what I liked about that is the PS4 version, kind of like uh, the backwards compatibility of on the Xbox, it just runs that version that like uncapped and like, like just like higher performance yeah less fidelity but like you get like that maximum performance or whatever and then a lot of movies especially i think the value of it as well which i didn't think of until i researched that recently and this blows my goddamn mind but dvds are still 60 percent or more of the physical media sold in the u.s people buy dvds way more than blu-ray even still and like 4k blu-rays are a very niche market in comparison so i think the main reason that they still include a dvd copy of the movie is in case you bring it over to your friend's house and they're one of the apparently 60 percent of people in america who still only have a freaking dvd player so that you don't bring it over and be like, yeah, I got the new Batman. Let's watch it. And they're like, bro, I don't have anything that can play Blu-ray. And you're like, oh. I don't cool. even I don't even know if I it's literally that. think that's why it's in there. I don't even know if it's that because you know what? Like, I think we talked about this in a previous episode, but like 
when you look at streaming, like even when you're streaming on Netflix in 4K, the bit rate that it's at, I bet you that like the quality of upscalers that's in a lot of the Blu-ray players or like in a lot of the DVD players, like if you just had the physical DVD and then put that and then even not accurate and I've researched it because a DVD can't hold enough information for it to be at a higher bit rate. So it's like the 1080p bit rate of a Blu-ray just like completely destroys the bit rate of what a 480p disc can even hold just because of the storage size of DVD. Oh, I wasn't comparing DVD to Blu-ray. I was comparing DVD to streaming. Okay, sure. I I would still argue though, but the 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 Blu-rays in there, so then that still wouldn't work. Like that would only work in a situation where they were only including a DVD in the digital copy. Then uh, I would argue. Yeah, the point I was more making was like for the sixty percent of people that still watch DVDs. Oh sure, yeah. I guess yeah. if you only have a DVD player or the digital copy, then yeah, in some ways the DVD might be more convenient. I also think like. I'm sure like six that 60% of people that are still buying DVDs. I think there's a couple things going on there for one. There's probably a certain percentage of silver hairs in the world that just can't figure out digital anything. And so they would watch the physical one for that one reason alone. And I also think there's just so many people that aren't technically minded enough or know enough about technology or quality that they just have that attitude of like DVD was always good enough. The movie's 10 bucks. Why am I going to pay 30 bucks for the same movie? Right. And I just think so a lot of those people, even if they maybe own a PS4 or like some device in their house that could play a Blu-ray, they're still buying primarily DVD just out of this. We're always making that decision with anything we buy of like a cost to value ratio. Yeah, right? that was more and the point that I was in making. Their head, yeah, yeah, they have calculated that like the leap to HD isn't worth it or yeah. whatever. And like even like the five or ten dollar difference to them doesn't equate to five to ten dollars <laughs> more fidelity into their mind. Yeah. So that's why they're just like, I'm fine just paying whatever for the DVD. And I do that in the middle of the road because I still buy Blu-rays and I haven't purchased anything on 4K Blu-ray, even though I have a 4K TV and multiple things that can play 4K Blu-rays. Because I do personally think that the leap from DVD to Blu-ray is worth it, but that you see diminishing returns. And like 4K is awesome, but I don't think it's like twice the price awesome and it's we're we're still at the point right where it's literally like 50 60 bucks canadian sometimes to buy like one movie on 4k when i could buy like the trilogy of the same movies for 25 bucks on blu-ray like it's just it's not worth that 30 percent of image quality to me but the fact that people were still buying dvds like actually blew my goddamn mind that was the same as telling me that 60 percent of people still listen to music on eight track like i was like what yeah i think when you shared that last week i was like wow that's i didn't know it was that high i had no idea yeah Um, last question here my daughter is turning 11 and my cousin her what her mom what (laughs) my daughter is turning 11 and my cousin her mom encourages her (laughs) are you being funny there i don't know (laughs) encourages her to play roblox what should i get her what the fuck is Roblox? Am I stupid? It's like budget Minecraft. Out of the, it's there's a whole series of Roblox games uh, that are kind of kid friendly games, and they have this sort of Minecrafty looking blocky animation style to them. You don't know about Roblox? No, man. But like again, 
You need to date some girls that have children, James. You would know about Roblox. Okay. <laughs> At that point when they're 11, why not just Minecraft? I don't know. You know what? I would I would spend my entire time like this is not good life advice, but were I in your shoes, I wouldn't just invest all of my time in trying to get that kid to like Fortnite so that I could play Fortnite with them. <laughs> and that's just my own selfish thing. I would just be like, hey, mom, like Fortnite's not that violent. There's no blood. Come on, let the kid play Fortnite. Oh, yeah, because Microsoft bought um, Minecraft, well, didn't they? So it's, a, yeah, it's but, an exclusive but, but no, the, Yeah, they're talking about Roblox, I think, being an Xbox exclusive. And yeah, apparently it's like, bigger than minecraft now as far as popularity with children oh Which wow i i always look at it it just looks like absolute hot trash maybe that's why uh minecraft is constantly trying to reinvent itself right now right and be like oh freaking here's minecraft dungeons and minecraft legends and next they'll make like a minecraft first person shooter because roblox is a little bit more like that where there's like multiple different games that just exist in this Roblox universe. Um, I think you can also build your own game in Roblox, which is kind of cool. That that is fuck. That's where Oof came from is Roblox. Sonic fan game community for Roblox. Okay, I'm into that. I'm into that. I like Sonic a lot, obviously, as the resident Genesis fanboy. I didn't know that's where Oof came from. Because I just remember. Well, I feel like going... people were using the term "oof" before Roblox existed. <laughs> for the rest, so I think that's a very bold claim. I like Roblox is like, yeah, ham sandwiches. That was us. Uh, we put one in a game once. They're really big. If you noticed a resurgence in ham sandwich popularity in the past five years, it's definitely Roblox. I'm looking Roblox. into that right now. Where <laughs> did "oof" come from? Okay, as originally reported by VentureBeat, it was discovered last year that the oof sound popular with Roblox developers was originally from a 2000 game called Messiah, developed by Shiny Entertainment and published by Interplay. Okay. See, and I feel like and I feel like people are probably saying it before the year 2000. Maybe that's just me, but like, I don't know. I don't ever remember. I don't know. I'm just I don't remember things now. very well. Once <laughs> I, I that's the thing, right? Like once I reach back that far, Dude, I don't even remember people that, like, I've met hundreds of times. People that I went to high school with and stuff will try to add me on Facebook. I'll be like, I don't recognize this motherfucker. I had someone text me one time be like, bro, we worked together at that pub for, like, six years. Why did you decline my friend request? And I'm like, I just didn't respond back because I didn't want to be like, because you weren't important to me. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I'm just like, I'm at an age now where, like, I just don't care. I didn't and... remember you. Very notable. Yeah. And, like, I remember I, like, ran into somebody uh at like a pub when i was out with some friends and they were like oh my god we went to like elementary school together and i'm like yeah i remember you and then they're like let's exchange numbers and i was like okay sure uh but i was just like i have no intentions on texting you like i just like this is a nice like hey small world type of thing hi and bye yeah um and this person fucking berated me over text message and was just like i'm not a fuck like when i give you my number like i expect you to like actually put in some effort and try to message me and i was just like you're done you're blocked <laughs> it's just like you, you are so fucking done i actually was gonna comment that i hate that we all play that awkward game where we run into someone from an old job or high school or whatever in the mall and we feel obligated because we're like oh no they recognized me 
I can guarantee you 90% of the time that other person in that interaction feels exactly the way they, that you, like you do right now. Like they don't give a shit about this interaction and yet you both fake your way through it. And you're like, Oh yeah, it's been a while. Yeah. What have you been up to? Oh, cool. Yeah. Where are you working? Uh, what's your life like right now? And neither of you care about the answers to either of these questions. You're literally going through the motions. And then you say the obligated accepted societal finish to these stupid forced interactions which is we should really hang out sometime no no you shouldn't you haven't hung out with them in 13 years you weren't good enough friends in high school to stay in touch you don't actually give a shit about each other's lives and if you did you'd already be hanging out wouldn't it be cool if we as a society could just all agree on that and just be like hey brent grade 10 right i don't give a shit and he was like yeah me neither man and then you just both bought your groceries and went on with your life like you wanted to I was, why are we being so freaking polite? Like, <laughs> you know I what I do now? And it gets me out of the situation every single time. I will exchange a few pleasantries like, oh, hey, how's it going? Cool. And then you know what I say? I go, I'm actually on my lunch break. I'll catch you later sometime. And then I just like, Ooh. peace out. Because people that's, are just like, oh, okay, good. that makes sense. Like, that's, that's you pull out the Patrick Bateman and you're yeah. just like, oh, you know what? I have to return some videotapes. Boom. Out. Yeah. I'm just like, oh, I'm on, I'm actually on my lunch break, but we'll catch up soon. Wait, yeah. you don't have well, my number. Yeah. So that's... excited to see you on my way to a meeting. Yeah. yeah. I'm there. I'm there. I like it, guys. There you go. So that's what we do. Instead of lying about the fact we care, we lie about how busy we are. Absolutely. Beautiful. And if, they, solved. And if they call you out on it, you could just be like, hey, I was being polite. So I didn't have to have this conversation where I tell you I am not interested in hanging out with you. That's when you you're like, you know what? I was being nice. I was letting you down easy. But since yeah. you want to push, you want to push the issue. Yeah. I just didn't want to hang out with you. Now yeah. you know. Are you happy now? If you want to go there, the if this is better for your <laughs> mental health, I will tell you honestly, I loathe the thought of even hanging out with you for more than a minute. And we haven't been in contact for these many years for a reason. And that was that. And that's why they're called white lies, guys, is because like it's less harmful to tell the lie, right? So that's okay. yeah. Just get just the hint. A little. Just a little. If it always feels like you're trying to hang out with somebody and they like mm -hmm. always kind of have an excuse not to hang out, after the second time, that's when you're like, all right, clearly they don't want to hang out and then just move on with your life. Yeah, I don't I don't chase at all anymore, whether it's just like a friendship or relationship, anything. That's definitely a policy I've adopted in my old age, where like if you just stand me up once, I'll just never talk to you again unless you reach back out to me. Oh, and I give like, people 15 minutes. Like if we <clears throat> arrange to like meet up somewhere, if you're 15 minutes late or later, I'm out. I'm just like, I'm not going to wait around for you. Yeah, no, 100 percent. They're like, where are you? I'm like, where the fuck were you? Yeah. I was I was where we said we were going to be at the time we said we were going to. I once again, I'm literally a third in the grave. I don't have time for this shit, right? <laughs> like there's there's people that actually want to hang out with me and we'll be there on time. So yeah. I'm going to go hang out with them. <laughs> Even uh, with the advancements in technologies, I'm a third in the grave. Like <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Like it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter how good medical science is until we get to the point where they can put my head in a jar Futurama style. I'm going to have to keep making those sorts of decisions and judgment calls. And it's just, yeah, more and more as I get older, that's, that's the thought in the back of my mind is just, I don't, I don't have time for this shit. My bar is set so high now. Cause I just like enjoy 
being alone and like now i'm just like if you are and like i understand compromise but if you're any bit of an inconvenience i'm just like you're done like i just like i would rather i would rather go be by myself and go do something that i want to do rather than put up with you <laughs> people should be enriching your life not detracting from it absolutely <laughs> it's like all you right. can be a little well, bit more flexible on that are we are is that all our topics do we that's do we all anything? i had unless you have anything else you want to bring up uh no i think that's it did CD keys give you your refund? It, it, was there ever a happy ending to that saga? Well, they said that they issued it. It hasn't processed yet, so I don't see it on my end. But I don't like. I don't care. I like you added me to Steam, and I'm just gonna gift it to you through Steam because I don't want to like buy it again through their website and then have the same thing happen again. It's funny because that's yeah, the only. The only game that's ever done that. Everything else has literally worked like yeah. instantly. Like that's the. I, I think I would have the same reaction where I would be like, I'm not rebuying the quarry out of fear, but I'll keep using their website in general because like everything else has worked and they are supposedly giving you this refund, right? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mainly just wanted to ask once again because like I just I just want you to get your money back. I just don't like to see my bro get money taken from him and have nothing to show for it, man. But like, I have other. I appreciate. Games. I appreciate that. It was for me, like, I know this is irresponsible. I looked at it as like free money because it came from YouTube and I wasn't doing anything with it. And I was just like, all right, I just want to do something nice for my friends. In today's economy, you're going to need to take that free money concept and throw that away. Okay. (laughs) This is like a put your pennies in a jar economy right now. There's no free money. (laughs) This is put everything in your mattress, like put everything in the pillowcase. Uh, that was at least 10 McDoubles that you just burned right there, okay? Oh, no way, man. McDoubles have gone up in price. Like I am okay. Everybody, I am shocked at how much McDonald's is fucking nickel and diming all of us, and they're just, like, bending us over a barrel, and it's like, fuck you. Like, how big are your margins already? Like, you, like, I feel like these price hikes are erroneous. Like, it's just, like, it's just too much. I don't know, man. Like I saw, I saw one the other day that was like, you know, making claims of not for McDonald's specifically, but just how much the cost of various things restaurants need to buy has gone up over the past few months. And like, if that meme is to be at all believed, I do believe a lot of the price hikes are to keep the margins evenly where they were at, because it's like everything's gone up from freaking like cleaning supplies, freaking cardboard takeout boxes. Which was all once again connected to the fuel shit. Because as long as fuel is expensive, everything's expensive because that's how stuff gets to you, right? So it's like as long as it's expensive to drive the trucks with all the products on them to get to the McDonald's, then yeah, it's going to be a price hike. But it's funny because it goes counter to what we talked about, I think, one or two weeks ago, where I was saying like the reason McDonald's typically does well in recession times is because it's cheap. And it's something that people turn to where they're like, I know this isn't healthy for me, but I sure am broke. And it sure is fast and hot and filling. So I'll eat more McDonald's because times are tough. But when you jack your prices up, doesn't that kind of ruin that? Like, I don't know. I thought that was the whole thing that they're like the recession proof business model. But yeah, like now I go through the freaking McDonald's drive through. If I don't order off the dollar menu, I'm suddenly spending like $18 on McDonald's. That's a bit deflating. Yeah, like it's pretty rough. I'm no economist, and I know I'm not the smartest uh, key on the chain, 
But like when a lot of these companies are reporting like record earnings and it's just like, yeah, we got to really even out these prices due to the increase of fuel. It's like, could you could you like like with the increase of sales, could you maybe still afford like maybe just eat the cost a little bit and just have a little bit less profit? Capitalism, right? Is that it demands higher earnings again next year, even if your earnings were record this year. Yeah. Because the only thing that capitalism will accept is perpetual growth, which is completely insane because we live on a finite planet with finite resources. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, like I think that's one of those things, right? Where, yeah, it's sad. I agree. Like, and I, we saw a lot of that during the pandemic of these companies like making record profits while also doing mass layoffs and stuff like that, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, unfortunately, that's just the nature of the dystopian world that we live in. Now. It's a cruel, cruel world, everybody. So play your video games um, at whatever price you can get them. And uh, yeah, that's pretty much all we can do. Wow, we're ending uh, kind of a bummer here. But yeah, uh... dark note, dark note to end the podcast <laughs> on. I don't want to end that way. Uh, let's just tell everybody to have a great evening. Uh, Crystal Pepsi's delicious. Uh, you Drink know, your water. Get yourself some water. Remember to hydrate. Uh, be kind to yourself. Because I will say, like, James is right. The world's the world's a bit of a messed up place lately. And so, really, I think the biggest remedy to that is take care of yourself and take care of the people that are close to you that you care about. Do something nice for yourself tonight. Do, do a little self-care, you know? Maybe buy yourself a game that's on sale. Maybe have a bubble bath. You know, watch a movie that you like. Get yourself a beverage that you enjoyed in the 90s and buy six of them if you can. If not, get yourself one. Um, Yeah, no. uh, Great week. The news has been kind of lackluster, but I feel like as we approach uh, fall, we're going to get pretty close to... Wow, I can't even believe I'm saying this. Uh, the holiday rush pretty soon here. Um, I know. It feels like the year just started. Like, is that just me? Because I feel like, <laughs> yeah. like, I don't know if it's just that my job's being super busy this year or what, but when I, like, actually realized that it was July, and I was like, man, that's like, summer's almost over. Next thing I know, it's September. Next thing I know, it's Halloween. Next thing I know, it's freaking Christmas again. Like, how did this happen? Yeah. Um, another piece of good news is I think, isn't Stray coming out soon? I think I might pick that up. And... Uh, you know what I found out? I thought that Roller Drone game was going to be a PlayStation exclusive because it does say PlayStation console exclusive, but it's also coming out on Steam, so I can just buy it on Steam as well, which um, I love my PlayStation, I love my PS5, but I kind of like having all my games in one area, so that's why if I can buy it on PC, I will, and then I'm still going to buy any cool exclusives on PlayStation whenever I can, and maybe we can end on this real quick. But I'm still wondering, is there any reason if like you have like a spec'd out hot gamer girl PC, is there any reason to buy an Xbox console when you just play off of your monitor? Like you're not playing in your living room, whatever, you're just you're playing off of your monitor. I would say absolutely for certain gamers, right? Like there are still certain games that only come out in, on console and there's certain games that only come out on PC. They're few and far between, but they do exist. And one of the ones that we touched on like last week, like for me is I'm a big sports gamer. So I couldn't be entirely exclusive to only my PC because then I wouldn't get NHL. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You wouldn't NHL, get NHL. I meant right? well, for me. But, 
but like I myself recently bought uh, a, a nice Razer gaming keyboard this week because I actually started playing all my shooters on Series X with keyboard and mouse because I've gotten so used again to playing on keyboard and mouse from PC gaming. And I came to the conclusion that I was like, my gaming PC is pretty solid, but it's not like super spec'd out hot gamer girl level to quite to the level of what Jimmy's got going on over there. So I actually get better performance uh, by running things on the Series X than I would on my laptop. Like Fortnite on my laptop runs anywhere. It, it'll be like highs of 120 and lows of 90 frames per second. Whereas when I run it on the Series X, it's at a locked 120 frames per second. And it has more of the graphics features turned on while still running at 120 frames per second. Mm. So I get like a better looking game that's actually running smoother. And then I still get the full benefit of playing on a keyboard and mouse, which I absolutely love. So I think if anything, for me more and more now, I'm like, oh, if I was actually going to own one platform, like for a while, I'd be saying it was PC. I'm a little torn now. And I feel like if I was only going to own one thing, it would be my Series X and I would just use a keyboard and mouse for it. But that's factors like I'm a sports guy. I like having the sports games. And most of my friend group that I play a lot of games with is on Xbox right now. Right. Yeah. Um, but then I also wonder, like, if I had a sicker gaming PC, maybe I would still just be playing everything over there and I'd be a bit more divided. Right. So I think for me, part of that factor is the fact that the Series X can like graphically and frame weight rise outperform the actual pc rig i have but for somebody like yourself where you don't really play sports games at all ever uh, <laughs> I, ever, ever at all ever or shooters right <clears throat> um yeah like I, I don't know if there's as much point like i'm backwards compatibility you know like there's going to be more of those three 60 games xbox one games and stuff that you can still enjoy by having an actual console and i definitely still think like the the best thing to do is just enjoy both and have an xbox and a pc for sure and get game pass ultimate yeah. and have both i don't have but, any i mean i totally xbox understand lots games, of people so aren't, aren't in that budget range, so yeah i i was i was talking for most people i was just talking for myself like i think for my yeah. use case uh i think all of the modern games that are being released are being released simultaneously on pc so like uh, we're talking like the Starfields, uh, the what was that other game? All the new games are coming out on PC. I'm pretty sure. Um, but yeah, there are, there's like those limited sports games and other ones that I haven't really heard of that are maybe console exclusive. But I don't think they're like in my demographic. So I think I'm good on that. Uh, you don't get achievements for Oblivion on Game Pass PC dang <laughs> kill yourself kill yourself uninstall your life no achievements on oblivion you're not even gaming yeah you're, you're not, not even gaming at that point point. and it you know what i heard you know what i heard and this is my last point tonight because it's a big one i heard that oblivion doesn't even have any fucking ray tracing that's what i heard no ray tracing <laughs> fuck not even game. a game fuck it's not that even game. a game you cannot cash grab me on that we're out of here, everybody. We're out of here, everybody. <laughs> Do something for yourselves tonight. Take care of yourselves. Treat yourself to something. You deserve it. Baba Booey.